It's hard enough being a mom, and the last thing you need is stress from too much stuff and an overcrowded schedule. Less is more. I'm not into extremes. I didn't throw everything away. My brand of minimalism is more about adding than subtracting. I hope you'll listen in and my guest and myself can inspire you to think more and do with less. The Minimalist Moms Podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Gifting is hard. This isn't news. But what might be news is that you can now send beer, wine, and spirits right to your friends and family with Drizzly, the go-to app for alcohol delivery. Save time shopping, save money comparing prices across stores, and spend more time sipping with your gifties. Now that's good news. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Sounds alright. What's going on? Where's the winter pims, JP? Is the winter pims? <laughs> no. Didn't get any winter pims this year. Oh no. Because I have to go I'd have to go to Waitrose to get it. Is that mm. what you had last year? That's what I had last year was winter pims. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because we ran out of beer because you bought out of like beer, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. yeah you, you kind of had the heat and it felt very Christmassy, very wintery. Uh, we're it did. I'm sorry. We're, we're basically drinking my mate. I inherited a lot of beer off a mate. Mm. He's going out to Kenya, so he gave me fuck loads of beer, so we've just got loads of that. Oh, nice. Yeah, I had some Blue Moon Belgian white. He's asked me to give him a shout-out on the show. Fair. Okay. Oh, yeah. A mate of mine who gave me the beer. He wants to listen. He was. He seemed very infused by it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, should we say we've started then? You can shout him out now. <laughs> the Winter Pims is the usual starting point. Um, well, it's a shame we haven't got any Winter Pims to oh, start us off. But, yeah, thank you to... Uh, my good friend uh, John Warns, uh, over from Kenya at the moment, oh. and uh, donated some beers to the show. So right now I'm drinking a Bad Company Brewing and Distilling mm. uh, Craft Brewery Off Tempo Double IPA uh, 3. I don't know what one and two were like, but <laughs> I'm, on, <laughs> I'm on the third one. Usually the worst, you know, in a, tr- in a trilogy, but yeah. this one's oh. pretty good. Unless it's so, diehard, because then like the first one's really good, the second one's a bit ropey, and then I quite like the third a one. Bit. Yeah, very second one's fucking shit. <laughs> but the third one's good, so, you know, it fits the, it fits the, uh, I, the analogy. Third one is awesome, if you ask me. I uh, see. The thing was, I don't know, like, without getting boring into it, there's something that bothers me. at the like, Okay, so I love Die Hard. The reason I love Die Hard is I love the, the whole film structure to it mm. because the way that his injuries escalate. So I watched it with the lads this Christmas, and they were like, this is great. Oh, they enjoyed it, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely okay. enjoyed it. Yeah. Watched it before we watched John Wick 2. Watched that about midday. And John then, Wick 2? And then watched John Wick 2 later on. Oh, what a day of action. <laughs> it really was. It was mainly their mum. She just wanted to see some violence it's on a testosterone filled Christmas, that. Absolutely. Yeah, it really was. Um, yeah. Where was I? 
Die hard. Why you love it? Yeah. So it has a structure to it because every time he gets injured, he gets like worse and worse and ends up with the glass in his feet. And so by the end, he's an absolute mess. Mm. And it really shows the deterioration. Whereas within about the first sort of the first time there's a big incident with those like trucks um, going into the into the sewers. Oh, man, you just got. Oh, when uh, rules from a. from the wire turns up. That's right. So when he turns up, he ends up like being sprayed out of a yeah, yeah. out of a thing, and it's and it's ridiculous because basically nothing happens to him. Whereas that would have probably broken at least an arm, <laughs> at very best case scenario. And it always bothered me about it that they mm. kind of lost that aspect. I can it see was, your point. It was very much like at that point he's not. There's nothing's going to stop. I've this never thought about it. Didn't that take point. you. Didn't take you for a salon fetishist, JP. But now it makes so much sense. It, you, that's I think it's it, because that's me. <laughs> McLean selling is so good in Die Hard One. That's true. Like some yeah. of the best, it's the best selling I've ever seen in an action film. Like he doesn't no sell shit. He sells everything, and everything has an effect on him. Mm. He, proper he, fighting spirit. I was going to say, it kind of reminds Riddle esque. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, imagine Riddle in a new Die Hard trilogy. Does, does I that, think. Does that make his cop mate? What's his cop mate called? Does that make him Keith Lee? Is that what this is? Ah, oh, Al Pow. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That Reginald Val Johnson. That that's is a... that is inspired casting. <laughs> yeah. And he's another thing that's critically missing from Die Hard mm. 2. Well, oh, Die Hard 2, yeah. I was going to say yeah. Die Hard 3, Samuel L. Samuel yeah. L. Jackson is a cracking job. Yeah. Like, I love the McLean uh, Zeus partnership, in, uh, like, especially the bit where they drive through Central Park. That's a great scene. Mm. The whole bit where he's getting across the sea is good. I oh, agree. Yeah. There's a there's a lot that I enjoy about Die Hard with the Vengeance. Like for Die Hard, I'm the going... trailer is was awesome. I remember at the time when it came out, I was like, I'm fucking pumped to see this opening night. When you were nine, I wasn't nine. Nine eighty eight, you came out. No, no Die Hard. Oh, with oh, sorry, sorry, Die Hard three. Sorry, because I remember the trailers for three. Yeah, because I remember when the when three came out, the game came out as well, didn't it? Die Hard trilogy. Oh, that's yeah. kind of like I think that's that's like uh, blared my memory too because my favorite part of that game was was the Die Hard two bit where you you're in the airport and you just focus yeah. on trying to kill people. Great little game that. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, you're right. You're completely right. That was that was the best thing about Die Hard 2 was that part of the game. <laughs> yeah, because the one game wasn't very good, but the three one was a bit crazy taxi, so that was cool too. Um, but yeah, and I, I watched Die Hard 1 on Christmas I thought about time. that game in a long time. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I, I play, play the soundtrack in the background, pretend you're in it. Well, one of the better movie games of all time. This is even an Ask Rev Joe question. We're just going off on Die Hard. We Have are. you seen, um, I watched over Christmas actually, the the movies that made us on Netflix, the Die Hard documentary in there. Have you seen that? No, but no. I watched, because I watched Home Alone over Christmas, I watched the Home Alone episode. Um, oh, I, it, I did exactly the same. Did it kind of kill it for you when you found out that the, the house was actually like a school gym? Like that was horrible. Nah, it just impressed me even more. I was like, they did some fucking good work on this. Like, fair, great set design. It does come across <laughs> like a really warm, nice, welcome house with all the red and green and everything. Yeah, I suppose they did do a good job. Oh, mate, the art direction I was I was blown away by after finding that out. Mm. <laughs> didn't, t- didn't Me and my mum were like, oh, yeah, look, it was in a swimming pool. Like, <laughs> we were watching it after that, yeah. But um, the Die Hard one's well worth your time as well. Some mm. good little tidbits on there. Um, Reggie V turns yeah. up, uh, El Pal turns oh, up, land. Oh, visits good. the Nakatomi, he's hanging around there, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Walks up the hill that he drives the car up, you know, yeah. and he gets the Twinkies in from the 24-hour petrol station. Yeah, um, yeah some good some 
good stuff in there. John McTiernan, the director's on there as well. What a miserable bastard he is. <laughs> he looks like he's aged like significantly as well. That jail stint for tax evasion didn't do him much good, I tell you. He, <laughs> oh, looks, he looks ropey, like really <laughs> ropey. But yeah, well worth your time. Bruce Willis isn't in it, obviously. Yeah, yeah he hasn't got the time, has he? But no, the Home Alone one was good as well because it felt like they got everyone, or at least everyone who's alive. Obviously, the exceptions being John Candy and uh, what's the director? Not the director, the writer, uh, John Hughes. John, John Hughes, uh, Hughes and, and uh, the man of the eighties. Mate, don't forget John Hurd, the most underrated actor of the eighties and nineties. Oh yeah, mm, yeah. Kevin, uh, Peter McAllister, great <laughs> actor. Yeah, he was fun. Perfect as like that middle class kind of. You know, the middle-class family patriarch, a big fan of him. And great in the uh, Sopranos as well, don't forget. Oh, oh he's got a gambling problem, isn't he? Oh, he's yeah, the, that's he's, him, isn't that, it? I'd never Robert put that Patrick. together. Oh, he's the cop in the Sopranos. The, uh, that's right. The corrupt cop. Oh my is it God. not because of a gambling problem? Maybe it is. I'm just remembering yeah. Robert Patrick got a gambling problem in The Sopranos as well, hasn't he? Oh, that's it, yeah. But may- maybe he has got a gambling problem, Doesn't Sorry. he have to disappear or something like that? I'm sure that's like the storyline. Yes, that he has to, he has to uh, go away, or did he kill him? I can't remember. It's been a little while since I rewatched. He throws himself of a bridge. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's something to and do with it, that madam, isn't it? Is it something to do with that? Yes, it is. And there's a great scene of him naked as well, where mm. I was like, "That's a belly he's got on him." <laughs> I'd never, I'd never made that connection from Home Alone. Jesus, really? No, no. I just, I mean, I, obvious now, but like just thinking back, no, I never thought. Oh yeah, that's the dad from Home Alone. Fucking hell. Oh mate, as soon as he turned up in the Sopranos, I was like, "Ah, oh, Home Alone dad." But yes. <laughs> Because uh, Home Alone's like a total Luke Perry mind. turning up in Oz. Hmm. Isn't that for one episode? Yeah, and he gets he gets buried. No, he's like a couple, isn't he? Because he gets buried behind a wall. Oh, that storyline. That's fucking ridiculous. That was peak Oz, that. <laughs> yeah. Always yeah. Yeah. Oh, back back on HBO. Big HBO fans. On the this. way it always goes back to. Uh, but well, yeah, <laughs> watch Watchmen. <laughs> yeah, watch The Watchmen. I'm, I still haven't seen it, JP, but I'm going to. I've heard too many... Uh, it- top things about it yeah it's amazing whether i don't even know it's not even been renewed for a second series Mm. at the moment which is interesting because i think actually (coughs) it could exist as a standalone one-off thing Mm. so like that's how impressive it is although i would say you you probably do need to go and read the graphic novel if that's the case well, I was going to say, I mean, we haven't even introduced the show. We're eight minutes in. If any, do you reckon anyone's listening who hasn't listened before? Everyone no. knows what this is. It's Ask Rev Joe. We're doing our Q&A episode. This is kind of like the way we start these episodes. It's kind of like this would happen if I had a press record anyway. So I think that's kind of the uh, the appeal of it. Uh, we're having a few beers. We're uh, we're doing our our annual Q and A. I've actually I'm actually I've been quite sick the last couple of days, so I'm on the Brewdog Punk IPA. You know the the, the progress oh. for me. Uh, is obviously a big fan of uh, the the punk rock uh, brewery that is Brewdog, uh, but I'm trying. I've trying got to get one here, mate, as well. Things. Have you as well? Bre- there you go. Yeah, Brewdog Lost Lager. You inherited that one, though. I did from my good man John. Exactly, good old John. <laughs> good luck in Kenya, mate. Have fun. <laughs> the official brewery for a while. <laughs> Works for the UN. Oh, oh, oh yeah. he's doing the Lord's work out there, mate. Yeah. You sure he wants to be associated with this podcast? Like, I almost feel like I should put a disclaimer in for anyone we mention or for just Gareth in general. Probably just apologise now for what my He's done some bad stuff before. He's fine. Trust me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The dirt's out there. Oh, okay. As it is on all of us as well after three years of this podcast. Oh, yeah. Certainly me anyway. None of us can run for political office. I don't know if JP still had uh, ambitions of that, but it's not happening now. No, no, no. I, I think when we started off on the Tony Khan and the dog stuff, that we really were on borrowed time at that, at that stage. 
Just what every week it's like we finish and it's like, is this the week the net closes in? Possibly. <laughs> it's always well, cool. On you anyway. No, not on me. I'm I'm all right. Well, J- JP is like the voice of reason, aren't you, JP? Like we'll uh, me and Joe will be the ones going, ah, we'll leave it in the show. We don't need to edit it. But you've got like the, those dad tendencies where if we go too off yep. the rails today, it'll be, it'll be you pulling us back, I think. And uh, I'll be, uh, I'm not editing this thing until tomorrow, uh, but I, you'll be the one saying, I just throw a little bleep on that because uh, that'll probably come yep. at some point. <laughs> it's sounding because there was one of the things when you were going through quotes from me at, at 16 Carat, <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> And there was a couple on there, and there was one that just had to be beeped mm. that I had said about a sign. Um, anyway, <laughs> leave that alone. The only one reopening these kind of worms. Do you want to remind us? No. No, <laughs> right, no, no it's, it's, it's no. Ah, remind us. <laughs> Go on. We'll do in a bit. Let me have a couple of beers. Yeah, we'll get back have you had a couple already, haven't you? Yeah, a bit right. <laughs> okay. we'll, see, we'll see if it comes out in the in the uh, in the works at some point as we uh, as we go through the questions. But uh, yeah, pretty much press record as soon as we got on. Uh, you both have a good Christmas and everything. Everything all good? Yeah, all good. Good fun. Good presents. Mm. Nice relaxing time. Oh, good all stuff. fun. Yeah, it sounds like you had a good day on Christmas Day with the uh, double action. Uh, I did. That was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't argue. Didn't have to. Didn't watch any soaps or anything else. Yeah, it was all very nice. Uh, and my family's like all over the world, so it's like it involves a lot of various calls at various times throughout the day. So, yeah, it was good fun. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah any, anything else you're going to be teaching the lads? Anything else you're going to make them watch during like this this weird break between Christmas and New Year? I I tried the only bit of wrestling. And I was trying to do it sort of in advance of when we do like a kind of review of the year type mm. stuff. Um, was uh, a couple of Kenta Miyahara matches from all Japan. Mm. I put it on and it was just like the eldest was there, but he was just on his phone. He was just like he wasn't necessarily engaging with it. And he left the room about five minutes in. <laughs> it was just like Japanese wrestling again, isn't it? And just sort of left the room and that was it. I was like, okay, this isn't crossing the uh, the boundaries as much as I thought it would do. But hey ho, I'll I'll still persist. It never has. Nope. It's never worked. Nope. See, I was not, not at all. I was listening to Observer Radio this morning. He was bragging about his son being so into the uh, Osprey Hiromu match at Tokyo Dome, mm. like giving him all the background on it. I was kind of thinking you could do the same job. You basically you're in competition with Meltzer here. Like if you can beat Dave Meltzer's son and still like wrestling, then I feel like you can be JP Hulahan's son and like wrestling as well. It's, it, give it time. It's it's long. It's it's long term booking. It's ghetto style parenting is what I'm <laughs> I'm advocating here. The, the Okada special. It's, it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. But with ghetto style booking, there is development over that long period of time. There's been zero development with there's, this. Mate. There's 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 been some development at times. As there, with the elder one. As there. There has. He's watched, he, he's interested when you put WWE on. That's it. No. He is. AEW at points, he's seen. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, the Japanese stuff isn't working, is it? Might have to go for a bit of AAA at some point in the future as well. Jesus. <laughs> I'd like to have your level of optimism on this. And, you know, fair play for staying optimistic, but... Yeah, yeah it's not going to happen, is it? Probably oh, not. Probably not. Right, okay, shall I get into the questions? Because they're going to bring out uh, stuff in the wash anyway. Uh, and I've got got some good ones. JP, you put the call out earlier today, didn't you, to uh, to get us some extra ones? So we've got a shitload to get through. But Why not, I'm, eh? I'm, I'm going to try and ask everyone's question. No question will be censored, I can at least say that. Uh, I'm going to at least attempt to uh, ask every question. But yeah, go on. Let's start from the top. 
question number one from WrestleRock87 on Twitter. Says, thanks guys, love the show, and I love this one as a starting one. Always wondered how did you all meet, as you have brilliant chemistry. Thanks, hashtag AskRevJo. Lads, how'd you two meet? (laughs) (laughs) How did we meet? We met at a, um, so as people know, we're both teachers, Mm. and we met when Joe came to Oxford to do his PGCE, and he was... um, he was, he was doing media, which is the same thing that I, I teach as well. And he ended up um, like being based where I was. This is a boring few days way a week. It's a really story. dull way to tell the story. You Joe, make it more, Joe, sorry. how the did first you time I met these? you, I was like, he's full of charisma. You were talking, <laughs> it was, I remember it was a night of the El Clasico where, um, where Mourinho got humbled at the new camp and Pep <laughs> put Slade in 5 0. And oh, it, right. it was when I was still interested in El Clasico. And I remember me and you having a chat about it. I was like, I don't even know this guy. He doesn't even know his name, but he knows it. He knows his shit. <laughs> um, yeah, it was on a Monday, and you were running off. You had to get a train back to Oxford from yep. Banbury, which is where we were based, which is an absolute shithole. <laughs> um, and I don't wish anyone to ever go there, and I don't wish to ever go there again. Sorry to uh, Mark Buckledy, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, regular listener and friend of ours who does live there but and you know, he generally agrees with us as well he does <laughs> or blandbury might be the way to put it but i can go harder on blandbury yeah. i think <laughs> um and yeah me and jp quickly uh hit it off when taking the train together between oxford and banbury so if banbury was good for one thing it was good for giving birth to mine and jp's friendship and then the podcast that followed mm. for the few that listen to this shite How well then you- we have Oh, how do we? How do we meet? How did you two meet? Yeah, kind of. Like, like, would have been Liverpool. Would have been six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you came up for the, because we were both people probably had the same before. We were both like uh, ring of honor message board nerds, and I bet you and uh, oh, you mate, more Christian so than me, it. mate. I was a lurker. <laughs> I was a lurker. <laughs> yeah, you were a regular. To be fair, I was organising bus trips and doing all nonsense like that. And I think yeah, because uh, Chris from Malta was due to meet up with me in Liverpool. And I think he'd been speaking to you, Hadney, as well. So I think, did you two travel up together? Yeah, yeah, nice? we did. We did. And then we met up with you in the centre of Liverpool, I remember. And you were giving out, I think you were giving out like Ring of Honor flyers or something, weren't you? I probably was, yeah. Cause that, that's how much of a fucking Ring of Honor message board there was. Um, but yeah, like, I, think we, we went, we had to, I remember we went to the Weatherspoons. See how times have changed, Joe? Did we? In the middle of Liverpool City Centre. And it was probably my suggestion as well. I apologise, Joe. I can't, couldn't tell you what beer we had, but it was hopefully not a carling. Uh, Mate, we weren't aware of uh, Tim <laughs> Martin and his Brexit tendencies at the time, were we? What was Brexit in 2006? Fucking hell, we had a Labour government. <laughs> yeah. you know, Blair had just won his third majority. We didn't have the recession. We'd had the Iraq war, though. Yeah, That's what yeah we had. true, true. We, we were younger men at the time. That's all it was. But yeah, because I think then, I, me, obviously, like, I think we were friends on Facebook and Twitter and stuff, and I think I saw you... They'll see you. Like there was like a meetup uh, we, of our mutual we, we friends. We met at the. Uh, when did we meet? Uh, Two thousand seven for the Ring of Honor shows again. Mm, that's um, it, yeah. And obviously we had that track and night of the crazy house. I was going to say, can't leave that out. We had that big night of the crazy house as well. But gen- yeah. generally, since then, it was kind of like every now and then. Like I think I want distinctly remember on Twitter talking to you quite a bit about like films of the year, that type of thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Conversations about that, but it wasn't until like. 2000 what year was it we, we we all i bumped into you two together at that progress show 2015 i remember i saw you in 2000 so we saw each other a few times at shows didn't we um yeah. 
And then I remember seeing you at a Rev Pro show in a Reading. Oh, yeah, the it was Osprey Okada one. First Osprey Okada show. I remember talking to you quite a bit at that show. That's right, And yeah. I remember you were going out with um, some of the... Some of the land, some of the business boys afterwards, I think. <laughs> I was, yeah, yeah. Um, crew, and yeah. I, I greatly regret not sticking out that night and, you know, ingratiating myself as a, a quite into the business uh, early doors. But, you know, uh, we regrets sh- and all that. Podcast could have started then, Joe. I think we've said it before. Like, imagine if we'd started this podcast in 2006. Imagine how bad it would be. But I think 2015 it could have been good, you know. Oh. Uh, but yeah, it mustn't have been long after that then, I bumped because I went... It was about two months later, wasn't it? A progress. Yeah, it was a progress. It. Yeah, yeah, because I was heading down to... I think I missed the progress first Progress Manchester show. And then, obviously, being such a huge fan of the product, decided to travel down solo to the, the Camden show that followed it. Which, I, you know what? That little period of doing that, I love those little day trips to London and back in a day. Going and uh, getting some wings at Fat Burger, and then meeting you two and having a couple of beers. But, yeah, I think you two just wandered in and basically stood right in front of me. Uh, and then I tapped you on the shoulder and the, the rest was history. I'd meet you at those uh, progress shows quite a bit that year. Imagine that. Progress brought us three together. And that's the first time I met JP. So. <laughs> well, look, Banbury and Progress, both, you know, <laughs> mediocre now. Well, yeah. Banbury's always been mediocre, let's be honest. You know, gave birth to great things. If there's one thing Progress have done, you know, or a few <laughs> things they've done, they gave Will Ospreay a platform and they got us together. So cheers. That's Do you know it. what Banbury also gave birth to? No. Gary Glitter. It did, yeah. Have you ever heard that rumour about that we were going to erect a statue of glitter that and they was, had it ready yeah. to go and then he took his computer to PC World and they had... I don't wonder where that statue yes. is. <laughs> was that <laughs> true at that time? Cause I, I know the PC World story well. That he had, Apparently uh, like a they had a statue kids. ready to go, a glitter, to put up in Banbury Town Centre. I've read that somewhere before and, yeah, about a week after they announced we were going to put some statue up of him, Fucking took out. his computer to PC World and... We all found out Gary Glitter's secret, which seems kind of obvious when you look back. <laughs> Definitely. Listen to his lyrics. Fucking hell. Yeah, Jesus. Listen to David Starr's theme song. No one likes to admit that. Uh, <laughs> I suppose, who is it? Jane Jett or something? Uh, the, 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 Joan Jett. Joan, Joan Jett, Jett was the, uh, the cover for David Starr, but still, those lyrics are, uh, are definitely questionable. Um, I, can't, I can't see anything about it. Um, well, although if you press the news button, it comes up with some horrible stories where he might make some money from the Joker film, mm. and um, and a story about uh, an ex lost profits bassist recalls fist fight with Ian Watkins. Fucking hell! <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, uh, yeah. There were some dark jokes I could make, which I'll I'll leave. No, yeah. Oh, it's us, Rev Joe. You're allowed. It's fine. Nah, too dark. <laughs> too dark. <laughs> uh, we're just thinking of Gareth, um, but I think we've answered the question anyway. That's kind of how we met. The podcast kind of came about uh, because one, I just uh, as soon as I met you, JP, I knew you needed to get you on radio. You got a voice for radio. Uh, you're a man. Oh. I wanted. I wanted the world to uh, to know you, JP. That's what it was. Um, but yeah, I kind of. I did that one-off podcast with Martin uh, when he was doing his, uh, his old PWN Catchcast, like a best in Brit Res type of thing. And he was off to start up with the law uh, before obviously John and Wayne moved to post. And then I just kind of had an idea. I was like, no, I want to start my own podcast. Pitched it to Indy Corner. And there's no two men I would have, I would have, uh, I would have asked. I knew that, it, that there was something there with uh, with you two and getting you two on, uh, on audio form. And okay, yeah, we probably wasted a year and a half purely talking Brit Res. But, you know, it kind of came into it its own uh, and became the fucking mess of a podcast that it is today so that's kind of the origins of it all look it takes a while for every uh everything great to find its feet you know 
What bands were great on day one? Am I allowed to ask yeah. you how you two started first talking about wrestling or, or not, JP? Oh, you can talk about it now. Can I? We're allowed. Yeah. Are we allowed? Because that's a big yeah, part of the story, it. isn't it? You two met and then how long was it before you um, discovered each other like wrestling? Uh, well, JP discovered I liked wrestling before I discovered he liked wrestling. <laughs> yes, I did. So JP broached the subject of wrestling with me for the first time in <laughs> September of 2011. <laughs> so we'd known each other. I met him in October 2010. So 11 months into our relationship. <laughs> I love it. Um, and it came as a bit of a surprise to me. And one day, I can remember it so well. We were walking to the trade station um, after oh. a like start of the year, induction at work sort yeah. of thing. Walking out to the train station, and uh, he brought up with me CM Punk. And I was like, hey? And I was like, you like wrestling? He was like, oh, I used to. But yeah, a few mates <laughs> and I posted a few videos on Facebook. It was during the summer of Punk or just after. Maybe Kevin Nash. Mm. Yeah, Kevin Nash would have uh, would have been around by that point. And I think my Facebook profile picture at the time was CM Punk. So he'd obviously seen that. Yeah. And then was asking me questions about CM Punk. And then I remember saying something about when I went to WrestleMania in Houston, you went, you went to 17. And I was like, oh, he knows WrestleMania 17. <laughs> no, I went to 25. I wish I went to 17. Um, and it kind of went from there. And then I remember on the train journey back, we were talking about CM Punk and Ring of Honor. And I was like, oh, he knows what Ring of Honor is. <laughs> and then I said about going to the show in Liverpool and you were like, oh, Danielson McGuinness. I was like, he knows way more than he's getting on here. <laughs> And then week by week, JP would be the one to bring wrestling up in conversation as if he wasn't watching and as if he wasn't keeping an eye on it. I would throw little bits in to like test my knowledge. <laughs> so I remember at the time he had two students who, um, one of them used to wear an NWO t-shirt all the time. Right. Yeah, yeah. And he started filming wrestling in Banbury, didn't he? He did. Because yeah. I, I remember him telling me that he was in a car with Doug Williams or something. Yeah. Yeah. And the Davy Boy Smith story. Yeah, yeah, which you could tell later. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I remember JP saying to me, yeah, they were trying to sneak some wrestling earlier. Apparently they are watching a match from this Dragon Gate promotion. <laughs> which I was like, they definitely weren't, and you're testing to see if I know what Dragon Gate is <laughs> by throwing that in there. And then stuff like the Wrestling Observer would come up, and then the Japanese stuff, and it was like, he knows what he's fucking talking about. And then it... <laughs> And then about a year, no, nah, probably less than that, probably about six, seven months in, yeah. it was no old bard, and it was like, yeah, he's a massive fan. I respect it, JP. <laughs> sorry, you... sorry, JP. No, it's, it's completely spot on. You've got to be careful. You've got to be careful. You don't want to, like, blow, you don't want to, you know, just go straight in with all the, the hardcore stuff. You've got to test the waters, make exactly. sure. <laughs> it made him work. That was, that was, I was effectively treating it like he, he had to enter into a dojo to be able to talk about wrestling with me. Big <laughs> mental gym. <laughs> it's like you went from what's wrestling to like you know that that Junyaki arm is really good you know like that's what <laughs> I tell you what I feel I feel I feel beaten down like Kabashi would have done against. against- <laughs> I remember when Kabashi was out injured during that period as well, and you mentioned something about him being out. I can't remember what it was you said, but I remember you bringing some story up <laughs> that you'd heard about, and then it turned out you were subscribing to The Observer as well, and I was like, all right, like you, you know what you're talking about. Like, Amazing. what? Oh, I'm trying to think of what it was. Yeah, and then I remember you, you were the person that really first told me to watch New Japan, I think, if I remember rightly. 
Yes. When the cat was fully out of the bag. Oh, yeah. Like when 2012, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm. I'd started after. I went from TNA to New Japan. <laughs> um, as you Just do. like Okada. But that's probably, <laughs> exactly. that's probably because of that relationship, wasn't it? You saw Okada and thought, I'll give that New Japan a watch. <laughs> that, lad in, I, that lad in TNA. Well, dressed up like the, uh, what's his name? Kato from the Green Hornet. Yeah. Wasn't it? it was a Carter. Well, it tells you how hardcore cool you were, because you were watching Explosion every week to see him, weren't you? <laughs> I probably would have been finding a way to watch Explosion every week, to be honest oh, with wow. you. Wow. It wasn't saturation like it is today. True. Different times. Different times. Different uh, times. Well, I'm glad we got that out there, JP. It's always, in it. it's always a story that privately I've, I've always enjoyed. But, yeah. I know. I know. And I know you two enjoy it, so... <laughs> <laughs> glad it's out there sorry mate it's yeah. alright how do you I'm feel now when, when you meet wrestling fans now JP you're straight in there I think I think you're a, you're a changed man now oh I'm definitely to, uh... a changed man <laughs> yeah it was just like there was a point in time where there was like a stigma being a wrestling oh totally yeah. like, oh I know that and it's ridiculous and I think so, that like, like for me like I always think like because Gareth lived like minutes from my front door and like I used to hang around in Crosby where he lives didn't know him for like the entire like what is it, 12 years he's lived in Liverpool? Like, some of my best mates, like uh, Gary and Matty Edwards, who come up on this podcast all the time, obviously didn't know them when I was a kid, only knew them in my 20s. Like, I, to be honest, until I was, like, 21, 22, I didn't know any wrestling fans other than, like, one lad I grew up with who I didn't really speak to and the odd person in school, like, when the Attitude Era happened, but they all they all disappeared when that went away. So I can kind of get your thing. Like, there was yeah. definitely, definitely years in my life where I just didn't really know any wrestling fans in real life. I reckon that's why I was using forums all the time, though, mm. because uh, apart from really, my brother had a period where he didn't watch, um, so I had no one to talk about wrestling with, like, mm. in my personal life, whereas, like, football, uh, films, music, other stuff that I'm into, I could talk to all my mates about it, like, mm. common interests, whereas none of my mates growing up after, like, what, 2001 had any interest in wrestling whatsoever and thought it was weird that I still watched it all the time but mm. hey I, fa- I found JP eventually so yeah. life changed when he came out the closet <laughs> <laughs> it was like go. that can I just add please don't take any offence to this when you started sort of going to shows all the time and stuff it was like you did have a bit of a coming out party because you were right in there with the t-shirts you know buying your t-shirts all the yeah, time wearing yeah. them around all the time it was like a like a gay man finding himself and you know <laughs> being able to sort of announce himself to the exactly. world given given the point oh, like it like it was the 1980s or something yeah yeah, yeah. There you go. i know everyone at the shows knows jp and everyone at the shows knows not to come up to joe and some people at the shows speak to me but mainly now that now, now jp you're mr yeah. social at the wrestling shows now everyone knows you that's you're a famous that's one me. I I am I I kind of I kind of do the one eighty from what from from Joe in that regard. <laughs> well, we <laughs> we've got some questions later about your uh, what you get up to at wrestling shows, JP. So I'll save that for later. Uh, but again, glad we could share that one with the world. And yeah, this podcast wouldn't be bored without it. Uh, but I've got to be honest, that was actually question two. I skipped to it because I really just wanted to hear that story. Question one was actually from, from our friend Will Cooling. Softball for you, J- uh, JP. Uh, he wants to know, we all know JP isn't a Tory, but which Irish political party does he support? Yeah, I told him on Twitter, I, I would say, and this is the thing is that Irish politics is still something that I'm kind of very aware. I, I know a bit about it, but I don't know necessarily a tremendous amount about it. I would, instinctively, as a Labour Party member, and I have been for, well, apart from a gap leaving during the Iraq war, 
um, since 2001. Um, I would say the late there, there is a Labour Party in Ireland, but then it's proportional uh, representation as well. So it's different political system where you don't have the first past the post stuff, which I think Benno, you would have to admit, as uh, doesn't necessarily work out in the favour <laughs> if, if you're a Labour voter, does it? Especially not like you're where I am. Unless you're in Southport, then there's a, then there's a competition in, in your hands, but it, uh, it's pretty much a waste of time, really. Yeah, you said Southport's not really Liverpool, though, is it? It doesn't count. It doesn't count. But nah. it is Maisie, It is covered by Maisie Rail, and they are technically Merseyside, so uh, they're, they're, they're the lone Tories in, uh, in our little area. Yeah. So, so yeah, the Labour Party. I'd be... I, the differences between the two main parties, Fianna Foyle and Fianna Gale, seem le- negligible to me. And they always have been. They've always generally been regarded as sort of, in my opinion, as sort of centre-right parties, mm. um, pretty much. Um, but very much with a kind of centrist element to them. Mm. I, I kind of imagine, apart from sort of economic policy. But anyway, there you go. Uh, yeah. Fair That's right. a, it's good enough for Nancy. He'll, he'll like that. <laughs> I know you, I, I asked him on that. I said, I said, were you open? I'd say Sinn Féin or something <laughs> like that. Which I, I wasn't. <laughs> we don't admit that in public. I wasn't. No. He <laughs> would probably be the Labour Party. <laughs> I'll tie it into his other question. Um, he also asked, who's your favourite current and historical politician? Favourite um, current politician? I would say for his work, he's an American politician. I'd say Adam Schiff mm. for his work in the um, impeachment inquiry in the States. I think he's a, like, if it happens, and it's a big if, if the impeachment actually goes to the Senate for the actual trial aspect, you'll hear a lot more of him, people, for those who aren't aware. But I, I would say him. And classic um, political figure. Um, Lembert Opic. <laughs> Fuck it. He t- married one of the cheeky girls, didn't yeah. he? He did. I think you just don't want to admit it to Tony Blair, do you, JP? No. <laughs> there, there are this, the thing is i will always say that 97 to 2001 period like is something that generally gets lost obviously because of the iraq war and how divisive it was and i marched against that as well Good so man. yeah i'm taking this too political really aren't were you I? following corbyn on that march i wasn't i didn't know he was there he was the head of the stop the war movement at that point wasn't he um I don't think he necessarily was being thought of as like the key sort of figurehead, but then again, there really didn't seem to be did one. You, of them okay. at that time. Did you go to like the anti-capitalist marches in the late nineties? I remember we, me and one of my nah. mates in school saying we were going to go down to them way back when, when I was like fourteen, and thought that stuff was cool. Yeah, smash, smash the shit out of a bank. Yeah, and all that um, stuff. Yeah, we never <laughs> quite, we never quite asked. made it. <laughs> yeah, that that's not me. <laughs> But certainly like kind of peaceful marches and demos. Yeah, I'd do that. But nah, bollocks to that. You haven't answered the question. What, favourite historical politician? I think you said Tony Blair. Blair. I'm not going to say Tony Blair. You can say Blair. Gordon Brown. Um, I'd be a Blair man over a Brown man, not going to lie. Yeah. Do you know what I'm going to say? I I tell you I did like John Smith Hmm. before before he died. Fair enough. As long as you don't say Thatcher, mate, you're all good. Yeah, I was never going to fucking Is yours that. Derek Hatton, Benno? <laughs> <laughs> he certainly looks famous. Um, yeah, from like the, all the uh, 80s newspapers and stuff. I don't know. I'm not really... I, 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 for me, 
like a histor I said to you, it's like historically, I was like through like my rebellious teen years, I thought the Lib Dems were the greatest thing ever, up until like the first couple of times I voted. So yeah, that was kind of a. I've I've learned since Big Paddy Ashdown, man. I've learned since, yeah. Uh, <laughs> When I was in school, but had he pants down as he was But I mean, you two are the, the the more politically engaged of the three of us on the podcast. Who's your favourite current and historical job? God, current. Um, uh, it's not really current. There, there are a few that I could mention. Um, this is a quite a controversial one. I really like Tom Watson, not because of the uh, current work that he's done in the Labour Party, but because he took Murdoch on. And you've got some fucking balls to take Rupert Murdoch and The Sun and The Times on and Sky and the phone hacking scandal. And I think the work he did during that was, yeah, something that people don't talk about enough because you think about who you're taking on there and think about the years of kind of institutionalization of the right wing press in this country and their influence and their impact. So I, I respect that in a big way. Um, but I'm sure I'll get a lot of pelters for that one because, uh, yeah, maybe his, uh, recent work isn't as, uh, fondly thought of, um, I really like Jess Phillips as well. I can relate to her experience, like background, where she's from, what she's done. Um, historical, God. Winston Churchill. No. <laughs> <laughs> not in any, not in any way whatsoever. Is he Will Cooling? It's like a Winston Churchill figure. I can imagine him with her. Uh, with like no, a mate, he's, Ken, he's Ken Clark. He's yeah, Ken Clark in so. a way. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, <laughs> historical. Fuck. You know what? I don't know. Genuinely don't know. Yeah, I've got one. Be, if I was going to do current, I'd probably just go Andy Burnham just because I used to see him in the Gladys Street when I used to go to the Everton game. That's about it, really. That's, that's the level of my engagement. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, he's a bit, isn't he like mayor of Manchester now? He is, yeah. He's done well for uh, for someone from around here to do so well in Manchester. Uh, you know what? Yeah. C- current, um, Layla Moran, who's my uh, MP, because I think she's fit. There you go. <laughs> There you go. Back to the true spirit of Ask Rev Joe for the people who were there. Second talk. Yeah, got, got very serious there for a bit, hasn't it? Um, to keep things on the serious tip, I said I'd ask it, Joe, at Old Athers, why hasn't Joe accepted my friend request on Facebook? Is it because I enjoy progress unironically? It's, it's, it's question three. Got to ask it. I've got no idea about his enjoyment of progress and I don't go on Facebook. I've not used... I went on Facebook on the day of the election to check something out uh, that someone told me about. Um, but other than that, I don't use Facebook. I've got, I, I don't like social media. I've no interest in social media whatsoever. Um, I think it's toxic. And as a result of that, I just don't go on Facebook. And when I went on on the day of the election, I looked through and was <laughs> like, what the fuck is this shite? Um, and just saw toxic arguments between people that, that there was no compromise. No one was ever going to learn from the pointless arguments they were having with one another because they were just throwing pelters at one another. And it was becoming more and more divisive. So the simple answer is I've got no interest in social media whatsoever. So that's probably why, because I've not really been on there. And I saw that I've got a lot of friend requests on the tab, but I never check them. So, sorry. <laughs> you can add me Fair and JP, enough. though. We'll, we'll accept you, won't we, JP? Yeah, exactly. 
Right. You're more engaged with social media generally. I, than I, I, am, I would always say with Facebook, there generally is the the only thing I ever kind of use that for is is the messenger, and really that's only for the chats that we're involved in. Yeah, I use the, the messenger part. for the group chats, but I've yeah. just got the messenger app on my phone. I don't ever go on. I don't have Facebook as an app installed on my phone. I deleted that a couple of years ago, and yeah, I've just got. I'll be honest, the stuff like the Cambridge Analytica, the yeah. data stuff yeah. really soured me. Facebook's um, kind of um, policy around political advertising as well, something that really bothers me. So I've still got it because it would be an inconvenient to delete and there are lots of great memorable photos from kind of back in the day on there. Mm. But I don't want to go on too much of a nostalgia trip because nostalgia is a dangerous weapon when used properly or when used wrongly, let's say. Yeah, yeah. So just while you were saying that, I just went to open another beer and I discovered one of the beers someone bought me for Christmas is alcohol-free. My God. So what is it? Infinity Session IPA. It does say oh, in quite right. small letters it's alcohol-free. That's a disappointment. Right, I'm moving on to Goose Midway anyway. Um, <laughs> how sad. Um, oh, question for you, Joe. I uh, opened up another Belgian white. Good lad. And I'm going to crack open an off-tempo cloudy pale ale, 6.1% this one. Remember that year we tried to get, um, what you call it, the uh, Top Rope Brewery to sponsor us? Still open, yeah. lads. Next year, next year, jump in. We could be drinking our, uh, our Stone Cold Steve Austin and Roddy, Roddy Porter-themed beers, you know? Well, hey-ho. Um, we'll happily plug generally everything. We're still waiting for uh, get that yeah. getting that blue chew cash in. <laughs> yeah, get a touch. Hey, a couple of blue chews, couple of cans. It was like fucking great night, that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, question from Nick Davis at Wheelchair Sheen will Southampton stay up this season hashtag ask Rev Joe yes because we were fucking awesome against Chelsea best we played all season our shape was amazing um, I was quite shocked by just how disciplined we were throughout the game as well yeah I think we will I just got to get our own form sorted out there seems to be a bit of a, a bit of an issue when playing at home at the moment a lot of expectation but no you know what I'm feeling more confident after the last few games and there are players that have been asleep for most of the season that have kind of woken up in the last five, six games or so. So, so the yeah. 9-0 woke them up. The 9-0 did wake us up a little bit. We've, we've had a few bad results since then, but, you know, winning away at Chelsea, we should have won at Arsenal. That yeah, was, yeah, you were fucking lucky there. Um, no, I think we will stay up. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm feeling kind of confident about it. But that mid-table in the league this season... Mm. From sort of really the relegation zone up to about eighth, it's just, I can't remember it being so even, if anything. It's just so unpredictable, that kind of area of a league now. So I can see West Ham falling into it. They look like they're having a shit run of form. I think Villa are probably going to go, which is a shame because I've enjoyed watching Villa play. I like some of their players, but it'd be great to see John Terry get relegated. So, you know, there's that as a bonus as well. But no, I'm, I've, you know, I'm, I'm renewed confidence that we're going to stay up. I'm confident for us. We're actually 10th now, which just shows you how quickly things can change uh, with this league now. Big dunk, mate. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a big dunk for us. I love that he's still there. He's still on the touchline uh, celebrating and getting involved. But I was about to say, Joe, like, I mean, if anything gives you, you hope for Southampton, I did my wild card in my fancy football yesterday. I got Danny Ings, which is a given. <laughs> Uh, Not a bad player to get in his current form. What was it, 12 Premier League goals this mm, season, I think? And on the lower end of the scale, just because they were cheap, uh, I got Alex McCarthy in goal and Jack Stevens in defence. They were cheap, mate. Stevens, you fucked. Fuck. <laughs> is he not going to play? Stevens is shit. <laughs> but but if, if, as long as he plays for a defender in FPL, if he plays and you get the yeah. old clean sheet, that's all that really matters. He doesn't need to do well on his own. 
Okay, well, we got a clean sheet at Chelsea, so there you go. I'll take that. <laughs> but we didn't today. But, you know, that's the home form. Leicester dropping nine players today fucked my fantasy team. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. You'll catch but, his job, JP. Yeah. yeah. Where are you in these fantasy leagues, by the way? Um, I'll have a quick check. I was saying to Joe earlier on, I've gotten into the fantasy fantasy league this year. I'm assuming Benno's ahead of you in being the fantasy expert with years of... Uh, pretty mid-table, you know, pretty mid-table this year. He's, he's two ahead of me. Oh, right. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so he's great. 21st and I'm 23rd there. And then who else have we got? Yeah. Gareth is in 12th. Kieran. Yeah. Friend of the show. Yeah, he's fourth. He's very Fuck good. Yeah. He knows his stuff. He knows his stuff. He does. And he knows when to transfer players and which ones to get rid of. So, like, I get the impression. I, I don't know the other the three at the top, but they seem like they're they're good at this. Yeah. Kind of, did you know about that that world chess champion? I think it's his name, Magnus Carlsen. He's like he was he was third in the fantasy league mm. in the global one. Oh no, I didn't know that. At this point, yeah. He's I don't know if he's still there now. Mm. No, it doesn't look like he is. But anyway, there you go. Fantasy oh. league. Well, in my in my league, number number one and two, I think the listeners are Richard Gittins and David Sweet. I made the mistake of inviting oh, yes. uh, anybody to join this year. I might have to close it up just to give yourself a chance of uh, coming anywhere next year. But we'll, we'll talk you into it next year, Joe. And we can start our fantasy football podcast with Gareth. That's the dream. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> next up, a question, question from... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm not even going to bother trying and pronounce his surname this year because I fucked it up so many times last year. Our friend Nick uh, asks... Lomprier. Lomp- there we go. Well in, JP. Uh, he says, fuck Ask Rev Joe. It's hashtag Ask Rev JP. When are you going to take me up on an offer of podcasting on the early TNA days and all the glorious bollocks thereafter? Tell you what, I'd, I'd enjoy that too. Don't leave me out. I'd do that. I can keep it we, 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 we have our conversations when we, when we like to speak kind of like future plans and the rest of it. Mm. I'm I'm game for it to sit through some uh, some some wrestle shite all over again and early days of TNA Nick. So yeah, keep keep you know. It wasn't all no, shite no, to be fair. Started, no, it wasn't. People don't believe me now, but that early push of Ron Killings back when he was the truth and he was like a serious mic guy. <laughs> I've said it before. I thought he was going to be like the yeah. second coming of the Rock. I had him on like my EWR game with 95 charisma and mic skills, thinking he was going to be the top guy. Obviously, that didn't work out, but, you know, there was good stuff like that. Lots of XECW, WCW guys turning up. Elo Skipper did that walk along the cage. You still see that these days. Jeff Jarrett was on top. Wasn't so bad. That little Raven run with Jarrett on the early pay-per-views. I'd watch it again. That was one of the better four-week cycles that they'd ever done mm. in order to get that. But the problem was they always kept the belt on Jarrett. That's yeah, always ended badly, <laughs> didn't it? couple of Jarrett marks here. Fuck it out. <laughs> You're a Jarrett Mark as well. You, I'm not. You described him as the greatest NWA champion of all time. <laughs> and he knew that I was being sarcastic based on his reaction alone. <laughs> he got it. Uh, Tramia legend. Uh, that's something we can that, do. We need yeah, to, yeah. We need yeah. To if he ever comes to Tramia, where you go, Joe? If he comes back. Uh, oh, I, I kind of have to make an exception. And you know what? I love love a trip to Liverpool. I don't want to hang out in Birkenhead to, uh, for too long. Um <laughs> The hill but, you know, I was listening to the Smiths today, actually. A bit of uh, Meat is Murder on the way back from Southampton. And uh, I was listening to What She Said, where there's the line, it took a tattooed boy from Birkenhead to really, really open her eyes. So uh, oh. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. But yeah, um, I'm not a that trip to Birkenhead. Game we but went Tranmere, great, I'm up though. for. I'm up for. It was oh, a yeah. great game we went to. 3-2. Oh, yeah, that that's the best game I've been to in a while, actually. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. And having having Andy with us, um, Andy Ogden, being a Rochdale fan as well. It had a great little story to it, that game. A nice little cut, like a mini comeback and a false finishes near the end. We got oh. to get the ferry across the Mersey. We ended up in the ship in Mysore later on. I was there on Friday again. Thought of you oh, while I was in you. there. You know? Well, oh, we could, at, could, <laughs> at Christmas, right at my auntie's house on uh, Christmas Day, my um, Brookside clothes picture was going down a storm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> rub you and JP. Brilliant. Yeah, and then every time I drop the line of me and JP looking like a gay couple who have just bought, bought our first house on Brookside clothes, they were loving it even more. So, <laughs> yeah. The, you know the lemon extended family were loved Brookside back in the day and have fond memories of Brookside and yeah love the fact that a member of the family had visited the close paid tribute and all of them asked about Trevor Jordash's house did you go to Trevor Jordash's house yeah did you go to the the house where the uh, body was under the patio was asked yeah Yeah, we figured that out didn't we we got like kind of got your phone on one hand and we were kind of looking trying to work out which house was which we did it proper that was great (laughs) <laughs> uh, I also told him that my mate uh, lives next door to Ken Barlow as well, which they don't <laughs> Yeah, we're allowed to admit that. Now, for a while, like, it's, it's Colin, my mate Colin, he wouldn't like admit that. It, he didn't want me to say it on the podcast, but it's out there now. I don't know what he thought was going to happen. Did he think like someone's going to tell Ken Barlow that we've been talking about where he lives? Apparently, he sees him take the bins out and that's enough for him. Uh, that makes him happy. It's good that Ken in his old age is still pretty mobile. Yeah, like, willing he's got to do himself as well, you know? <laughs> he's still getting around pushing them bins around turning up to the street putting a shift in he wasn't in the Christmas special too much this year I noticed but um, yeah he was alright yeah, you know he's been he's been making that it's kind of like the royal family you know what I mean he's been making a lot of money over the years I'm sure he's been eating well probably there's a secret to that long life it's that, that big stardom doing curry all this year, all these years um, but anyway next up oh we got a wrestling question um, will oh. you review <laughs> I think that's, this is going to be no from uh, the Ian Hamilton but I'll ask it because I like Ian will you review Cara Noir Ilya 3 with live play by play by Joe just the first two falls are we ever going to watch it lads no no probably not <laughs> I probably will at some point because I did enjoy the first two uh, but I don't know I think we need uh, some kind of payment for you to do it Joe I don't know what situation we need to set up to get you to uh, sit through a through progress, full progress show although at the time this goes out Monday morning mm. if people want to get you to a progress show yeah we need one ticket for unboxing <laughs> one yeah. ticket and I'm keeping an eye on Twickets but everyone's like fucking ninjas at the minute if someone can get me a ticket I'll watch that show and do play by play there you go it's out yep. there, everyone. Yep. And if you get two tickets, because I know Andy Ogden's looking for one for Jeff, uh, I don't know what else we can offer you, but, you know, that'd be a nice thing to do. So I'll tell the Grappling Clap squad. And you yeah. get and you get play-by-play on a match that I heard was good, but I've no interest in from me as well. So you'll get disconnected we'll get, we'll get We'll try and get Andy on a podcast with us to talk about that Progress Unboxing show. <laughs> uh, uh, skip over that one. Uh, next question, uh, Monkey Buckles. <laughs> What's the take on NXT UK's primate complaining on Twitter to Aldi about his local store shutting 10 minutes early? Did you see that? Like he was kicking off I on did. like Christmas Eve, was it? Or like the Monday? Like tweeting the at Aldi account to moan about uh, to his, lo- his local shops uh, closing early. I tell you what, I mean, you're on NXT UK for a few minutes and all of a sudden primate thinks he's this big star. Unacceptable. Oh, he's, he's coming up against a behemoth there in Aldi, isn't he? Mm. Um I've, to be honest, they're not, I don't know, I try not to rush into supermarkets. I would say he should have tried to pop down there a bit sooner, give himself a bit more time. He was, He's asking for trouble turning up at 10-2. Just a thought. 
Yeah. Aldi's not a supermarket I would turn up to at that time. They're like, if I go to Aldi, I'm doing a big shop. Mm. If I'm doing a little shop, I pop down to the Sainsbury's down the road from me. Or yeah, you're just grabbing something quick, you know, you're in and yeah. out. It's not an in and out shop, is it, Aldi? No, I think Primate's a bit of an idiot there, mm. if I'm honest. He's not got his shopping game down like me and JP do. Oh, <laughs> mate, I went to um, Walton Asda on Monday night, like to two days before Christmas at like half 12, thinking it'd be dead uh, on my way home. Absolutely fucking rammed. These uh, these people doing the last Christmas, last minute Christmas shopping, unbelievable. What half past midnight? Half past midnight. Yeah, I left and I went to the local. <laughs> t- I went. It might just be a Liverpool thing. I went to the local Tesco instead. That was also rammed, and by that time it was like ten to one, and it was still dead. But this was Monday night. It's like it's almost like the apocalypse is coming, and people like can't deal with the shops being closed for one single day. It's fucking nuts. Kind of fucking animals up in Liverpool when it comes to <laughs> a Christmas shop. I think that's Jesus. what it is. Yeah, you gotta have, you gotta have the fridge stocked. Do you know what I mean? It's it's lots of uh, lots of scouse mums wanting to be started for the Christmas season. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh, um, Mark also asked uh, for the whole crew, what's the best book you've read this year? <laughs> oh, are, are we all book readers? Are we? Uh, it's when I'm on holiday. Yeah. And that's about it, really, for me. I'm more of an audiobook kind of guy. As uh, as sad as that is. I'm I'm kind of like sporadic. I kind of tend to read sort of generally non-fiction and um, a little bit, but it's it's kind of like it's basically book by the bed type stuff. Mm. So sometimes if I'm just like oh, I'll switch my head off, I'll read that. Um, something that um, I've actually just finished um, reading over this Christmas period was the Nitro book. I can highly recommend that. I bought had an ebook of that. And that was, I thought that was great for what it was. And the amount of detail it goes into about like interviewing a lot of the sort of Turner execs. And it's kind of like a lot of sort of a lot of things you thought about the company in general. There's, it's not like it's a kind of twist on it, but it's certainly a different perspective. It kind of feels like almost a non wrestling perspective at times. Um, so I'd recommend that, but it's a big bloody read. Hmm. You, you read anything this year, Joe? Uh, yeah, yeah, I I, I enjoy a read. <laughs> um, I've only read one wrestling book this year, which was the Brian Pillman uh, biography. That, oh, I read um, that as well. The, um, yeah, it was Liam O'Rourke. Very yeah. good. Really enjoyed that. But if I was to go for, I'd recommend it as well. Mm. And if anything, it was a good excuse to watch back some old Brian Pillman matches, which I love. He's one of my favourite wrestlers. Um, to be honest, though, best book I've read this year. I didn't actually start it this year, but I finished it in January. Uh, GB84, which is a book about the miners' strike by David Peace, the guy who wrote um, Red the, Riding, the Damn United, Damn the Red United. Riding trilogy, Red or Dead. I read a few of his books before, probably my favourite author. Um, yeah, it's like an alternative take on the miners' strike, basically, um, where the likes of Arthur Scargill and um, Thatcher are in it as characters, but there's kind of like an alternative reality that's sort of implemented like he does with Brian Clough and Bill Shankly in his uh, football books. And so, in Red Riding with uh, yeah. with uh, Peter Sutcliffe. Yeah. yeah, so I'd, I'd highly recommend it. Uh, yeah, really good read if you like David Pease's style. Well, to follow that question, because I haven't really got anything for this year, but I'll, I'll have a think if I think of anything, but... I've got a question that I almost feel like I should leave to the end. I don't know if I'm drunk enough to answer this one. At Colin Rice, honey, this is the, the reason he's asking this is because he knows the answer. What really happened with Scott Hall in Liverpool? <laughs> oh, go on. <sighs> Fuck. I did. I did say, didn't I? When we did like the, we did like a show, didn't we? I did the full of a wrestling review. You reviewed your local. What was the local show you did? That one in uh, in Oxford. 
Uh, Welsh wrestling, wasn't it? Welsh wrestling. Yeah, we did that podcast. Which I'm off to tomorrow. Are <laughs> oh, you going tomorrow? Fucking hell. I'm going tomorrow. He's on a date? Yeah. What? To Welsh wrestling. <laughs> well, CJP. Is, at, at, at this stage, we are, we are like to, we are like going out um, necessarily. So, yeah, we're going uh, like sort of meme girlfriend and uh, her daughter. We're going to see Welsh wrestling mm. in Whitney. Two hours worth. <laughs> Gonna try, gonna get the um, Arsenal Chelsea game in him beforehand as well. So it's gonna be like quite a, quite a bumper day. I'm gutted. I'm, I, I don't want to go. I'd love to be a fly on the wall to see you educating them in like wrestling. Like <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Yeah, that that would be the yeah. fascinating bit for me. Just watch your, you and before you know it, you know, have a training at sort of I don't know a Joshi promotion in Japan. <laughs> sort of yeah, eight sure. Years. She offered me a ticket as well, but. I had to say no, unfortunately, because I'm otherwise occupied tomorrow. New washing machines covered. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> that bloody time. Uh, Sorry, you were saying. Oh, fuck it out. Well. No. <laughs> uh, Libel claim coming up here. Yeah. yeah uh, well, I mean, without using too many names, basically we, when we went to that full of a wrestling thing, there was a... Uh, the hotel next to the Echo Arena is kind of where uh, the wrestlers were staying and... You know, certain wrestlers were, were were drinking at the bar. Certain wrestlers were maybe partaking in other things. And I'm not saying that Scott Hall was up to anything. You know, who who am I to doubt the uh, the good nature and the and the perfect reputation of Scott Hall? But yeah, there was a bit of a while we were there. Is it old enough now that it's not going to end up in the Observer? Is it like him and uh, him Chris Jericho were kind of having a bit of a to do? Like Jericho, like was like the. Like he was like a he was like a rock star genuinely like me and Matty were sat there at the bar watching him he was there like a like every every rock star star you'd ever imagine just there down in down in drinks kind of being the, the life and soul of the room and I don't really know exactly what happened but like I was texting you guys wasn't I while it was all kind of going on while me and we Matty were, were kind of sat there that you were good to, to not be there and yeah there seems to be a bit of a to do with Scott Hall and Jericho uh, I overheard something. I, Again, I don't know exactly what they were arguing about. It felt like it was... I think that... Um, wasn't it like some kind of documentary about the Montreal Screwjob? I'm not even making this up. Dark that's Side what, of the Ring. That's it, yeah. And I don't think Jericho was happy about something Scott Hall said on it. They were kind of going maybe nose to nose a little bit at one point. Like, I was convinced they were just joking around. Uh, but they definitely seemed to uh, to not be too happy. Got separated by, I think it was like Rob Van Dam and Christian. This is all real things that happened in real life. That, uh, that me and Matty saw at this bar. It was a fucking scene. Um, yeah, I don't really know what like the, the full story is there. But yeah, there was, uh, there was definitely uh, a bit of to do there with them. The fucking... You know, and Matty calmed down Jericho by talking to him about oh, um, this. He went, like, that was the thing, like, Jericho, you could tell, because a lot of fans had kind of come to, like, the... The reason we were there is we'd done interviews there earlier in the day, so, like, we we kind of knew that was the, the place to be, that little bar, but there were, there were a few fans about, not making loads of noise, but kind of... Uh, trying to buy like Jericho drinks and trying to talk to him about wrestling and stuff like that, and he was just blowing everybody off because I get it. 
you know, you've been at a, at a con all day signing autographs and talking to wrestler fans. It's kind of the last thing you want, isn't it? But yeah, Matty went over to him and just started talking to him about music, and he seemed to enjoy that. I think he was uh, he was into that. Uh, I don't know what else can I say about this this bar the scene that I, that I, that we won't get sued for. Um, he had a good pizza, didn't he? He did. He had a good pizza. Yeah, <laughs> went up to his room with a pizza and nothing else, just a pizza. Um, nobody with him, just a pizza. Um, and <laughs> there was a, a certain wrestler that might have been bothering a certain person that we were with to sort them out with a possible uh, member of the opposite sex that they were going to pay money, money, money to to go upstairs. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but no names. <laughs> Fuck. Um, Master oh. Genetti was on crack. I can say that. That's that's. Wow. <laughs> I think that's a given, isn't it? At any given time, he was apparently like he was trying to jump into some water or something, and was wandering outside the hotel and getting shouted at by the. I think he got kicked out of his own hotel at least more than once. Uh, I definitely saw that getting reported. Honestly, like if you've ever dreamed of being in in a bar situation with uh, <laughs> your favorite wrestlers around, you're gonna. Yeah, it, it, it's got to be quite different in real life. You definitely uh, see some things. Uh, Jeez. Uh, uh, I mean, on a nice front, me and Matty had a nice chat with Rob Van Damme. Like, we had a couple of beers with, with him after the shot. Uh, after the He's event. living his best life, isn't oh, he? Oh, yeah, yeah. He was uh, he was lovely. He was uh, willing to chat to us about Kane on Raw in the, uh, his feud with him in the mid-90s and things along that nature. Um, he was all right. Like, we had a couple of... I think he offered to buy us a beer at one point, which was kind of cool at being Rob Van Dam. He threatened to, uh, t- <laughs> we were trying, Matty was trying to wind him up. I think he, he texted a certain member of, did I tell you this on the podcast in March? That he, uh, that he basically text, texted one of, uh, you're saying it now. <laughs> somebody high up in WWE telling them they could, uh, pick the hand. Um, your imagination on what that phrase means. Uh, <laughs> real wild. Yeah, we tried to get him to text Vince. He wouldn't do it. Um, but yeah, he was a he was a laugh. Fuck, this is the podcast that gets us thrown off grapple, isn't it? It, 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 it <laughs> Can I just read while while we're talking about Marty Janetti in some way? Did you see that post that he put up on Facebook? Oh my god, yeah, where he yeah. um because he, he was posting loads of stuff about like his uh his daughter or something, wasn't he? A couple of years ago. And now he's going on about like some kind of neighbor or something, isn't it? He's just that's he's, it. He's complete, he was like basically like the Marty Janetti you imagine, like in tweets and stuff. That's what he was yep. like in real life. Um, Can someone explain this to me? I had accidental late night desperate sex with a neighbor girl. Good to know it was desperate. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, it was life or death stuff. That detail was, you know, really needed here. We both parted smiling. That can that's open to interpretation, isn't it? Now, almost a year later, she's filed for child support on two kids. I only made sex to her once. What's up with that? <laughs> Fucking hell. So, yeah, that's what's going on with Marty Janetti. That oh, was he, of two days was, ago. He was in the ring, like, during the Q&As at the Full of a Wrestling, like him and... I think he was in there with Brutus Beefcake. And Beefcake was trying to, like... Beefcake was the professional of the two, because Marty Janetti was trying to chat up girls in the front row. Girls who... is the professional of the two. We're of questionable age. Uh... But yeah, that's, that's, I'm probably going to th- throw a whole load of beeps through that uh, that last segment. Yeah. But if that isn't, a, tell you what though, JP, like if that hasn't sold some tickets to the Full of a Wrestling next year, like that that's what you could be doing. That's oh. if you came down. Like I'm sure it's sold two already to you two. You two are going to come next time, right? We we said as soon as we were hearing this, it's like we're going. 
we're going to this. We're not missing out. I was gutted. I wasn't there. I was absolutely. I was. I was completely gutted. I wasn't there. And I, I wish I was buying Rob Van Dam pints of Carlsberg in that bar. Um, <laughs> Top man. And I won't be drinking Carlsberg myself because it's fucking piss water. But you know, if RVD wants a pint of Carlsberg and he's going to tell me lots of truths, um, uh, he can have pints of Carlsberg all night on me. <laughs> oh yeah, nothing was off. It was. It was a bit like you know, like the chats that you might have had with uh, Riddle back on the JJP. It was very similar. Oh. Nothing was off limits with our RVD. I heard some things about some of our uh, some of our indie workers on who's good and who's shit and who's a dickhead. Lovely fella. Yay. Good, exactly what you want from RVD, bit of that. That's it. You and him would get on. I think I think we'd get on. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Just leave that out there. Uh, anywho, moving on. Fuck. Uh, Rev, ask Rev Joe from Neutral Wrestling. This is for Joe. Are you making a random appearance in Tampa on Mania Weekend like you did in New York? It calls you a WWE diehard. I didn't go to WrestleMania. Oh, yeah, you didn't. You just went to Mania Weekend, didn't you? That's it. I was in, no, I didn't go to Mania Weekend. I was in New York uh, mm. doing some planning for an event that's coming up in the near future ah. um, and just happened to be there on the weekend of WrestleMania and didn't go to WrestleMania. Um, nah, nah. Uh, I'm, I'm saving money at the moment, you know. Um, yeah, I've got a, on a, living on a bit of a budget, so we'll not be going to Tampa over Easter. Fair enough, fair enough. Yep. Who, is, who asked that? <laughs> At Neutral Res. It's a podcast, apparently. Okay, okay. Follow them. Cool. Never They're keeping an eye on you, mate. Aren't yeah, they? fucking hell. <laughs> keeping tabs on me. Jesus. Uh, yeah, shout out to I'm Neutral Res. <laughs> uh, Kid Swall, our, our friend Chris Wilson. Uh, he's got Shag, Marry, Kill, Mr. Ed, Shagar, ah. and Seabiscuit. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I think only Joe can answer this one. Um, ah, he's doing this while eating Doritos. He's doing well. Can you hear me eating, by the way? Uh, a little bit, but it's it's Red Joe. It's a party yeah, atmosphere. If, if people suddenly wonder why, oh, he's gone off for a bit. He, he's probably gone to the toilet. Just sort of put that in. <laughs> just put that out there now. Or going for more beer, JP. Or for more food. Exactly. Or going for some more beer and eating because suddenly I was really light-headed there. Yeah, or watching Burnley, Manchester United out of the corner of yeah, your I eye. am, yeah. But also, the, and Rashford just fucked one. But also, the thought of horses has just kind of spooked me a little bit and, you know, <laughs> thrown me off a little bit. So, you know what? I would um, put them all in a pen and probably do some double stable. Yeah. I don't live in the fucking country. You know what? On Sunday, for the first time ever, I saw a bit of an episode of Country File against... You know, my better judgment. You Fuck, will. Fucking awful. Who watches this shit? <laughs> Tory voters, obviously, who complain about the BBC being biased against them, which is absolute fucking bollocks. But anyway, um, I just throw some sort of grenade and a stable on them all. Fuck them all off. They're horses. They can do one. Sorry. <laughs> I know that's horrible. Animal rights activists, if you list him, sue me now. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Uh, next question, uh, Matt Dagnall, uh, any of you lads fancy an unboxing ticket or 96? Uh, yeah. yeah. Why didn't we just go to Matt Dagnall if we needed an unboxing ticket? He's got 96 of them for sale. Oh, that's it, isn't he? He's got loads of them to sell for that, hasn't he? He's going to make a fortune, good lad. Well done to him. <laughs> Am I missing a joke? Here? Yes. Yeah, Don't you, worry about it, mate. If you believe that, you're a moron. That's all I'll say, that he's got 96 yes. tickets for sale. It was just a bit he was doing on Twitter. I will year. take one, and, and as we speak throughout this, I'm keeping an eye on my phone and, and Twicket alerts as well, and uh, and hoping something comes up. Because mm. I'm kind of, I can, I, 
as with all these things, on the Sunday when it comes to Twickets, that does you kind of think is that going to rule out travelling fans? Yeah, that's true. But us from here, it's 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 not that bad. Like I can kind of do a bit of a dash if need be to get over there. So it's yeah, I'd love to go. Put it out there. <laughs> I've not been in the ballroom in two years. Yep. JP, two and a half years. Yep. Fucking hell, that's weird, isn't it? Not it's going to be very, very weird. If you go. If we go. If we go, yeah. 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 <laughs> and I'm not going without you. Yeah. We go together. <laughs> yeah. It kind of has to be experienced together for this, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, we go out together. It's like... It's, Benno, come on. Uh, not this one, mate. But, you know, when it gets good in 2020, which it definitely will, we'll go then. We'll all go. Well, after... Triple H's recent comments about you know shindies and all the rest of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Boy. No, that's it. they're just helping the, the the good company survive, Joe. Uh, it's almost like he basically admitted in that interview that like yeah, we did want the bad companies to die. You know those companies who uh, who don't pay wrestlers properly, which I presume includes what RevPro. Uh, yeah, um, and the other companies he didn't want to work with. Okay, fair enough. Glad they can admit it in public. Andy Quilden, bad man of Britress. You know, you get go. let's get rid of him. Cancel him. <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, here's, a, here's a good question for you. Um, I assume it's Cameroon and Chelsea legends. Uh, Jeremy <laughs> or Jeremy Borash? <laughs> I remember I remember Newcastle as well. Jeremy? Yeah, for a bit. Yeah. Um, of the two, Jeremy Borash has got a lot of kind of... He was at Real Madrid as well. Jeremy Borash? <laughs> in his fucking dreams yeah. <laughs> Jeremy Boras gets around to be fair like he, he's he, he, you never know he's got his finger in a lot of pies he, he really like, does um, doesn't he when Meltzer does he get around and... as much as JP does <laughs> nobody <laughs> like does uh... <laughs> <laughs> but it, it could be like you know the way Meltzer's like uh, he's got all like these 80s football stories about George Best maybe he's involved at some point oh yeah his George Best stories are, are something else aren't they yeah just something you'd never expect. Uh, but to be honest, I'm going with Jeremy. Ben, there's weightlifting stories. I'll say that much. <laughs> that, was, that was weird. That was uncomfortable listening. Definitely was. What was that? Meltzer when he was talking about his birthday and lifting the weights. Oh, that was fucking weird. He was pissed. I'm sure he was pissed. He had to be. It was like his version of this podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine Meltzer having a drink. Never mind being pissed. He sounded like he was pissed that night to me. Like, or Stone, possibly. California, legal. Yeah. Joint with Meltzer. I'm game. <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> You'd certainly stand by watching, wouldn't you, at that point? Oh, for sure. I, 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 I'd be paying close attention, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so are we going with Borash then on that one, or I'd go with I'd go with Borash. He's he's good at a lot of stuff. Borash always had a soft spot for Borash. Good lad, good lad. I'm glad he I'm glad he got. You know, there's some people who you're glad they get their final big payday with WWE. He suffered in the TNA trenches for long enough, didn't he? I think he deserves that. Oh. Uh, whether it's a good payoff or not, look, a payoff, a steady job in wrestling. So couldn't be happier for him. Um, Oh, there's a good one from Jamesy. Probably more for me and you, Joe, but go for it as well, JP. Uh, top three matches in ROH history. I'm leaving this to you too. <laughs> oh, I haven't really done any thoughts on that, let me think. I mean, Nigel... Uh, see, Nigel Bryan should be there, but like, I don't know if it's in my personal top three, despite the fact that I was there for it. And it's the highest rate of the lot, isn't it? Like, if you go on pure star ratings. Um, if I was to do my... Just like, get off the top of my head without thinking back... I'm going purely off the top of my head. I'm going 
it's got to be Nigel against Brian, number one. Just mm. for the live bias, the atmosphere, the memory of it as the well. Ball. Me throwing a bottle after the match as well, which you can see if you watch the match back. It was a shameful <laughs> moment, but I was fully invested in that match. And it was it was like, I don't know, it was the closest I've ever come to Bulldog Brett at Wembley in 92, <laughs> I think. So, you know, yeah, I did throw a bottle at Daniel Bryan's head and he is my favourite wrestler of all time, but... You know, he took it well and he offered me out after the match and offered me in the ring, which you can also see on the DVD as well, or the illegal download <laughs> if you um, have one of those as well. Um, yeah. Give me a shot if anyone wants it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, uh, probably Brian Kenter from, um, it was Glory by Honor 4, possibly. I think it was mm. night two of that. Um, ridiculous match, watched it multiple times, massively holds up. And Joe Kabashi's got to be in there as well. Yeah. I think, for me, Joe Kabashi's number one. Again, I'd say yeah, live bias, but, I mean, come yeah. on. It was Joe Kabashi. Like, I absolutely love that thing. Um, I can't believe you were at that fucking match, mate. I know. Seriously. I know. It, what it was, like, I'd won, like, I've probably mentioned it a million times, but, like, they did that raffle, didn't they, at the Wrestling Channel show? And, the, like, the uh, this is an international showdown, and the first prize was a trip to any ROH show that you wanted to go to in America, and I won. The fucking knobhead in the ROH being in the ROH tracky. So it was kind of a layup, really. It was like, I think probably a month later, they announced Joe Kobashi, and I was like, yep, that's the one. That's the one I want to go to. So I was there for that whole weekend, went to this show in Philadelphia with my mate Paul as well at the uh, National Guard Armory. Wasn't quite as good, the uh, the tag, although I had a good good chat with Loki about that at a Fight Club Pro show a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, that's got to be number one, just for, just for live atmosphere. We were in the tracky that night as well. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was, JP. I mean, it was it was me at a Ring of Honor show in the mid-2000s, so it's pretty much... Winning that raffle is like the, the wrestling geek equivalent of winning, not just the lottery, I know. but the fucking Euro millions. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> it was... I was just... It was just... That, that feel... I'll, I'll, honestly, John, I'll never be able to replicate that feeling of being sat there in the stands when they announced the, the ticket and, uh, and colour of it, and it was mine. I'd only bought one strip as well. That just shows you, you know, people enter these res raffles, you want to uh, only enter one. I think it was... The thing is, though, I won it. And then it was probably, I went downstairs to try and find someone to claim a prize. And obviously Alex Shane was nowhere to be seen. Uh, <laughs> and I ended up giving it to some random dude uh, and then heard nothing for like three months. And then I had to go in. I think I ended up emailing uh, Herbie, who used to run the wrestling channel, because obviously they helped put on that, that event, International Showdown, with Alex Shane. And then he chased Alex Shane for me. And then I still didn't hear nothing. And then I'm pretty sure the wrestling channel just paid for my flights and uh, and for me to get into the show themselves. I think they just ended up sorting it out. Um, but yeah, it was fucking... Yeah, as far as like big prizes to win, that was a big one. Uh, and getting to be there live at that thing definitely caught my blessings. So yeah, I was there for both that and Nigel Bryan. But that is my favourite of the two, probably Joe Kabashi. Uh, I get t- that. It's tough because it's like... There's no grapple back then, is there? So it's kind of hard to say, you know, what matches did you rate, you rate highest? I'd probably say Joe Punk 2, if I had to pick one of the Joe Punk matches. It's between that See, and- I prefer the first, the first and the third. I think the second's I, really overrated. I don't like the first. Actually, that'd be a good thing to rewatch. Really? I just think the first looks like, I think they get tired about half an hour in. And I think mm. there's really, really obvious spot calling in it. I don't think the... Re- I feel like the second one was better planned out. The first one just felt like on a whim, let's do 60 minutes. I think because it's the first one, it's obviously got that going for it. But I've never been a huge fan of the first one. Yeah, it's a, I think I just like I like the, the, the spots and the story in the second one. And you're right, I do love the third one as well. It would be between the second and third one for me. I love the, the fact that it gets cut short because 
um, Punk gets busted open, so he has to throw his game plan away. The spots mm. with Steamboat are fucking awesome in there. So I'll probably oh, yeah. fill, I probably, to be honest, I could fill a two and a three with those two. And I think Ryan Nigel, as sacrilegious as this might be, would maybe just fall outside of those uh, those top three for me. Um, but yeah, there, there's lots to choose from, and there's probably stuff we're not thinking of. Yeah, I think as well. Like since since the question's been asked, like other stuff's been coming into my head. One that I love that I think is completely underrated and never gets mentioned is Jimmy Jacobs against BJ Whitmer in a cage match on WrestleMania. I think it was 22 weekend or was it 23? It was 22 or 23. It was With the big power bomb spot. No, that was the match um, just before that. This is the, oh. the day after, I think. Um, yeah, the cage match, which is just absolutely mental and probably the best cage match I've ever seen. The psychology is incredible, but I think it's because it's two guys who are distinctly average as wrestlers having what I think is a five-star match. And I watched it a few years ago, and it still held up. Um, the CZW Ring of Honor, uh, Cage of Death match is up there mm. as well. The Briscoes, Steen Generico produced some ridiculous matches throughout that feud as well. There are just so many. Brian and Nigel, the Driven match, that match they had in Chicago in mm. like 2008 when I stopped watching Ring of Honor properly but was dipping into their matches. Like there's, there's just so many, so many. I think oh. as far as a golden age of an indie promotion, nothing comes close. You can argue progress. Look at the feuds in progress. Osprey Havoc, what else? Look at the feuds in Ring of Honor over oh, that yeah. time period. Even like Bring the one- him on a CZW, mm. Nigel Bryan, Joe mm. Punk. You know, those are three that just come off, come to the top of my head straight away. Briscoe, Steen, Generico, which came out of nowhere. Jacobs, Whitmer, like that's five. Mm. And, you know, putting those in order would be like choosing a favourite child if I had kids. <laughs> JP? <laughs> <laughs> Is JP going to say like Matt Taven versus... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Rouge PCO, I like some simple. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anything stand out for you Joe can you give us a top one JP sorry oh for me I the, the main thing that I can remember grabbing my attention at the time and really enjoy and following online was the Ring of Honor CZW feud yeah even for the, like the, the promo exchanges and the, and the rest of it it, it was yeah can yeah. I add the most the worst period of Ring of Honor for me now is shite but the period where I would dip back in occasionally because I'd be curious, the Davy Richards era. Because oh, Davy Richards is the most overrated indie wrestler of all time. And the Davy Richards Elgin match, which everyone raved about. Five stars. Sh- Meltzer gave you five, fucking didn't he? shit. What was up with Dave that day? <laughs> Stoned by the sounds of it. Yeah, yeah he's really... been talking to you too much, hasn't he? <laughs> it's not really stood up the day of the test of time, that has it. It's not up there with the uh, with the class of ROH stuff, but... Yeah, I'd agree with, on, the, on the whole feud stuff, Charlie. Yeah, Summer of Punk's the, the big one for me for Ring of Honor as far as like stories they told over a period of time. I loved even like Punk and Jimmy Rave. I love that. Uh, you know, oh, Joe, Brian Jimmy Rave, another run. great match. Yeah, yeah, that's up there too. Uh, a lot of people would say the Dragon Gate Six Man. I was there for the original one of that as well, not to, uh, not to humble brag too much. But I wasn't always a huge lover of that match. I liked it, but I didn't. Same. That, that was another five star Meltzer one that I didn't uh, didn't quite get. But you know. The good thing is we've got grapple now, haven't we? So, you know, people can, uh, if only there was a grapple around then, people could put their own ratings in. We could uh, have them to compare against and give JP some stuff to go back on, do some homework and watch. But uh, tweet us if you've If only JP questions. had met me by that point. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. taken him another six months to admit that he likes wrestling. some bloke in his mid-20s with a couple of kids hanging around with some 18-year-old. He <laughs> wasn't really going anywhere at that point. Yeah. But, you know. Like 18 months in, JP would be like, yeah, that, that Jimmy Rave guy's all right, isn't he? And you like, <laughs> I'll stay mates with him. <laughs> Reluctantly. 
Oh, uh, is there a very... Uh, oh, no, we got one before it. Sue Williams, what are the positives about Brit Res being dead? I would say the big positive is I still have to watch a lot of Brit Res for, for a bit of wrestling experience, but I don't have to watch as much Brit Res as I did when this was also a Brit Res podcast. That's a that's a big po- positive for me. Uh, I don't feel like I we have were to watch watching everything. every Red Pro show anymore. Uh, I never... I, I don't have to watch every Red Pro show anymore. don't have to watch every Progress show anymore. Uh, that's a positive for me. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I, I would say, right, okay, the thing, I, I said it on the British Wrestling Experience on the Year in Review show, the training schools. Mm. I think the training schools are at a point where they are really good and the kind of bad actors that have been knocking around in, in, in those kind of places are, are suitably fucked off mm. uh, or sort of been clamped down on very quickly. So I'd say the level of training schools and the, and the kind of trainees we're going to be getting um, the issue that we've all seen is it's the tiers above them who could make them better. That's just the thing. Like, I don't, you don't want to be that guy to UJP where, like, Brit Res isn't dead because the young guns are two of the best wrestlers in the world. It's like, no, they're not. They're, they're two very, very good wrestlers on the come up. And there's lots of, that is a, mm-hmm. I don't want to say it as a positive because the people who say it, I think they're just out to lunch. But there is a positive genuinely there that, like, there's spots for, for a young guns, there's spots for, you know, there's, even, you know, the, you fucking do not resuscitate, you know. Theoretically, yeah. there was a spot there for Spike Trevay to step into. And to an extent, he has in Riptide. There's a spot there for for wrestlers to stand out. That is a positive. But like you say, the negative is you're missing that. It, it wasn't even like all the headliners got taken overnight because a lot of the headliners, Zach, Osprey, etc., went to New Japan. It's not like it's... WWE's fault they disappeared or like we couldn't have seen that coming it's the fact that yeah Pete Dunne was about to be the top guy in Brit Res because he wasn't really when he got snapped up by NXT UK and then that mm. the rest of that upper mid card kind of got just taken out and there isn't that yeah that stepping stone is there isn't someone for these young wrestlers that we know are out there and for the you know the wrestlers who work at the likes of you know Tidal and and Riptide and Future Shock and the other you know widely regarded undergrafts promotions it's that yeah, middle layer that's kind of missing, isn't it? Exactly. And it's just about like kind of supporting those promotions and making sure that they're able to, um, uh, you know, that, that there's a recognition from the audience that what you're seeing is, is sort of developing wrestlers with perhaps one or two established names on there to have, to have some good matches with for the mm-hmm. likes of, a, of an Ethan Allen. I honestly think though, we're going to get a few years of just mediocrity Mm. And a lot of these guys who have started in the last few years, and there's a lot of good young trainees who have come through. We've got to find someone who's going to start a promotion that where well, they're not going to get snapped up by NXT UK. We've kind of got to have NXT UK die, but I can see WWE running NXT UK as a loss. Mm. I think think of WWE as the Amazon of wrestling, if anything. It's about having a presence. Yeah, and so I think I can't see NXT UK going away, and I think that's always going to be one of the problems. Um, and I think progress is going to be there as almost a placeholder. But if in some way it was to go away, which I'm really hoping it does, you need someone to come along and create a, a promotion that gets buzz again. Mm-hmm. Think about what progress was able to do. Think about what Rev Pro to a lesser extent was able to do with kind of um, work rate matches, dream matches, mm-hmm. if anything, on big shows. You need someone like that to come along. 
but you also need these guys to get to a level where they're really fucking good. You need to be at a level where they're as good as, say, Zach and Marty were when the mm. Brit Rest boom started. Because you think Zach and Marty have been wrestling for, what, close to 10 years? Mm. When the boom really started happening. So I think it's probably going to be another six, seven years until we get a promotion of that prominence again, possibly. It's going to be interesting to watch and observe in the meantime. And I hope it happens um, because, you know, the last few years have been great. Um, but, yeah, it's just kind of accepting that the boom is well and truly over and we're going to have a few lean years. And let's just hope NXT UK fucks off, to be honest, and we stop hearing shit from Triple H that is just like Triple H. Oh, God, I'm going to go off on one ear. He's turned face, Annie. Like, people talk about him. He doesn't get enough shit. He's, a, he's, he's, he's as bad as Vince. Like, he's Mate, like, I've, nev- I've never been sold on the face term. No. Never have no. I been sold on it. He's an egotist, yeah. and this is all about him, and it's all about what he wants, and it's all about what he's achieving. He's a pragmatist. That is kids. fair play to him for being a pragmatist and looking at the environment and going, right, this isn't working. This is how I kind of appeal to this set of fans who previously would have hated me. During our era, I sound like old man shouting a cloud, I know. During our era, Benno, when we were all over the forums or the rest of it, when mm. Triple H was the hate figure, um, the current crop of fans, the meme generation, now think he's, you know, some god who's created NXT and is this really influential guy or this presence, right? Yep. He's moved on from booking himself strong constantly. He still does that when he turns up, obviously, oh, because yeah. he can't show weakness because his ego's still there, right? But, oh, look at what he's doing down below. Isn't everything going to be great when he takes over? But look what he's done to our scene and look what he says about our scene. And yeah, I say our because it does feel quite personal to me and mm. to us because, you know, this is where this came from. This is how we kind of bonded as a threesome. Be an interesting threesome there, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Joe. <laughs> um, but it's like his ego has moved to another place. He can't be the man anymore, but he's the man who makes the man. And says who the man is and is there to put the man across. And it just feels like this is Triple H's way of doing what Vince did in 1983-84. But so far, it's not necessarily been successful, but it's killed a scene. Mm. And that's the real shame of it. And at the end of the day, the man's an egotist. Look who he's married to. She's an egotist who uses philanthropy as a way to get herself over. There's no genuine bone in any of those McMahon's body other than Shane. And he's genuine when he's wearing them Air Jordans. I'll give him that. And when he's doing all his shit, what a man. But other than the cool one, there's not a genuine bone in any of their bodies. And look at what they're connected to as well. Look at the Trump stuff. Look at the donations to the Trump Foundation. This stems to Triple H as well. Triple H was there at the inauguration. He was there with Vince, Linda, the rest of them in the White House, visiting the man as well. He's a cunt. He's a proper cunt. And he's got his hands in our industry and in the British scene. And he's kind of killed it. And it's a real fucking shame that he's done it. And let's not look at Triple H and go, oh, what a man. What a great man. Because he's not. He really isn't. Something I'd like to clarify as well with this is when we talk about a scene, there was a possibility of there being a genuine professional wrestling industry Absolutely. where there would be shows going on around the country, um, up and down the country at the same time, and people were going to be able to make a full-time living. People had broken through to that. And it wasn't like 
and this is when we talk about the difference between the, the uh, sort of Zach and Will uh, Will Ospreay and um, Marty Skrull going on. They had kind of done as much as they could do, and they moved on to bigger and better pastures with a notable kind of um, uptake in the amount that they were taking in, but also the, the, the bigger stars that they were. And all of that disappeared because it was, wasn't WWE signing away what they thought were the best talent. It was signing away what was the kind of foundational blocks of a lot of what the industry was going to end up kind of being developed on. And people then, and we talk about the kind of level of stagnation that's there and about the fact that we're going to end up watching some pretty, we're going to have to go through some some pretty difficult stuff to watch where it's going to be, this isn't good, but they're really young and it's kind of not their fault. And that sort of you would be a haven of young boys. <laughs> Again, it'll never, never sound good when you say it like that. Um, it, the the thing that becomes difficult with this is that that kind of chance of an industry that's gone, that has gone out of the window. And when we say industry, the comparisons would be somewhere like Japan, where there are shows going on around Japan all of the time, smaller shows. And people are able to make a living there. Now, obviously, if they get really good, they're going to go off to bigger companies and they're going to do really well. And that's the kind of point of it. And you cheer them on when they do. And you cheer them on when they do that and you follow them over there. But if you sign everyone kind of in a blanket way, then what you do is you stifle a lot of that stuff. And sorry, it's boring and it is rather depressing. But that's the kind of that's what was taken away. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to hear more about the death of Brit Rez, so you can listen to our post wrestling uh, end of year uh, show. But yeah, good. good Not Irish know. wrestling, mate. Fucking flying still. Last okay. point, last point, last point. Fuck Triple H. Yeah, yeah. Fuck him. What a twat. What a cunt. And you know what? I don't kind of blame the progress lads to some extent. They can make a livelihood out of it. Yeah. But at the same time, ah. Fuck Triple H, fucking dick. Using us a lot and using our scene yeah. as a way of making himself oh. and furthering himself and Regal and Brookside telling his lies as well and furthering his agenda. Look, it's like the fucking Tory party. They've got all the rich donors giving them the fucking money, coming in, giving them this. If you look at statistics of the most recent election, I think they got more donations from rich donors than they've ever got for any previous election campaign. It's the power of WWE coming into a scene that's independent and basically going, right, here's the money go and you got the likes of regal and brookside who turn into i don't know the nicky morgans of this world that try and make a stand at some point but then go ah fuck it you know what i'll just do this yeah she's a dick anyway what am i talking about see joe this could have all been stopped like that progress show we all went to when you all saw regal at the uh where was it some diner before the show before yeah came yeah if you kneecapped them there we could have we could have killed this off we could have stopped it from happening it's a shame uh, JP's uh, skills from the old uh, East End could have come in handy there. <laughs> if, I, if I'd taken him out at that point, yeah. he wouldn't have gone. He'd have thought this Brit rest stuff is shite. This couple of fans beating us up. Yeah. Basically, it would have been the equivalent of C3PO and R2D2 escaping in the pod. And if they'd been shot on the way out, they wouldn't have met Luke. Luke wouldn't have met Obi Wan, and so on and so forth. Same <laughs> so sure. thing. Yeah. Sliding doors moment. There you go. I was going to say as well, just not Star Wars film, actually. Got to say. <laughs> anyway. It was okay. It was okay, yeah. I'd agree. 
I've not seen it yet. I'm not a Star Wars guy. Uh, maybe at some point. Too much plot. Oh, okay. Do you know what the problem was? Harrison Ford. Need more of him. There's not a charismatic presence. Do you know what I... Mm. The problem is, the new core cast, I think too many character actors who are all good. I think Oscar Isaac is a great yeah. actor. I think that Adam Driver is an incredible actor. Oh, he's great. You know what's missing? Statham. Statham and the Harrison Ford role. <laughs> Honestly, Statham. honestly, charisma, presence. Yeah. There's no charisma and presence. Yeah. Driver's got it in a completely different way. Mm. Not in the way that it's there in the original yeah. Star Wars one that Harrison Ford brings. And when he turns up in the new one, sorry, spoilers, you're listening now. I'm slightly drunk. He's got some more charisma. Craig Fairbrass. No, come on. <laughs> I love a bit of We've got to get a fucking ship onto Tatooine, mate. <laughs> no, nah, it wouldn't work, would it? Uh, anyway, we can only dream. <laughs> on, a, on a similar non-wrestling note, uh, after all the, uh, the Triple H Brit Rest talk, Ben Owens asks, has Joe ever been to Jester's in Southampton, considered by some to be the worst nightclub in England? He links us to a review where somebody says they walked in and in two minutes in there, they got they got pulled into a fight. Apparently you should make sure you shouldn't wear your favourite clothes because you'll have snake bite all over you by the end of the night. Ever been, Joe? Night, I lost my virginity. I was there. Wow. Were you in any of the fights with the brawling boys on leave from the Navy? Do I look like a fighter? <laughs> You're a lover, Joe. That's what you are. You're a lover. I fight with my mouth. I can't fight with my fists. <laughs> and I hate for the British Conservative Party. Is that the T-shirt? Uh, well and truly. But Jester's... Um, I remember going there once when it was a drink the draw bind. Drink the bar draw. <laughs> Speaking of which... <laughs> <laughs> And I remember getting a pint of Guinness for 50p. Wow. Yeah. That's a bit like when I used to go out in Wigan after the GPW shows, and you could get a, what was it? Like, it was a vodka and not Red Bull, but it was like an equivalent. Vodka and energy drink, 25p. And this wasn't that long ago. That's why they all look a bit weird in Wigan, I think. Something in has the, Ben uh, Owens been to Jester's, did he say? <laughs> he just linked us to a review, uh, but I assume he has. I think that's why he's asking the question. Uh, it's a Samantha Uni bar. Oh, is that what it is? Is it? Uh, apparently, yeah, yeah, set, yeah. says in this review, yeah, fights are a regular occurrence, and you'll be collateral damage if you set on the sticky floored venue. Sounds like a great That's place. You get loads of rugby lads going there. I've been mm. there a couple of times when the rugby social was going on the bar upstairs, and it was like the most typical rugby social you'd ever imagine. The likes of JP dipping their cocks in pints and <laughs> running around naked <laughs> and all sorts. Likes of JP. <laughs> Just Bullingdon Club Tory style fare that JP associates with a fucking bullshit. Sorry, all right. I went off to the toilet. I'm gonna hear 50p pint of Guinness, to which I have to say, what the fuck? Um, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, that got you. That got your ears. But this this jumping. Bullingdon stuff. I went to a rugby university. I'm I'm not. You went to uni in Boris Johnson's constituency. Um, no, it wouldn't. It would have been worse than that. Yeah. It would have been Zach Goldsmith's constituency. I thought he was rich. He's Richmond, wasn't he? Yeah, Richmond would have come under. He would have been Richmond Twickenham where I went. Ah, oh, right, but you're not on the Uxbridge campus? Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> Graduated from there, but I wasn't there. Right. Do you think Zach Goldsmith is worse than Boris Johnson? I think his dad might be, but fuck it. Oh, hell. his dad's a terrible person. Mm. But um, no, he wouldn't be worse. Okay. Yeah. Right. So Next- I've jumped in in this conversation. All those me being called a Tory. <laughs> Parts I like rugby and cricket. Look, if Will's and not even after the show, it. I'll be up to watch England bat at about half seven tomorrow morning. Why? Because it's I like England with the possibility of uh, they should lose, but memories of Headingley in the summer. But aren't you Irish? I say, still like cricket. So you're picking and choosing your nationality. 
I'm not picking and choosing my nationality. He's a dual national, aren't you, JP? I'm dual nationality. Mm, I'm showing support. What about England when it comes to football? I like this current England side. I do. This is the first England, one of the few England teams. Since like fucking Gaza in the mid 90s. Like, I can't imagine. I can't think of the last time I liked England. Well, exactly. This current kind of setup, they're like, they generally seem all right. Seem like nice young lads. And they're. You're like um, a good young boy. Uh, it just <laughs> never sounds good. Never sounds Big good. Big Jaden Sancho fan, aren't you? Begging I, Pep to play Phil Foden a bit more. We saw him play Phil Foden. We did, and he was very good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is a good player. Uh, oh yeah, I've got a, I've got a question now then because I need to uh, go to the toilet and get a beer. But I'll have you on speaker so I'll be able to hear your answer. Uh, cast the Brit Res version of the thick of it. Who would you choose for each core role and why? That's a good one, Eddie Sideburns. Oh fuck me! Oh, I almost need a bit, a bit of thinking time on that. Zack Saber Junior. I think in the uh, Malcolm Tucker role. Yep, yep, yeah. That would naturally have to be the one. Um, think about the the shit he can shout when he wants to, and it's and it makes sense. And it's witty as well, and it's passionate. Yeah, and he means it, and it's believable, and it's cutting. Absolutely. So he says some really cutting stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think in. Uh, I'm trying to think of Will Ospreay as like the harried minister, necessarily. I, can you see Will Ospreay in Parliament? No. <laughs> no, it wouldn't work at all. I imagine Benno's having a little chuckle here where he's having a slash. <laughs> I wish I could hear him taking a piss on, uh, on, on the mic, to be honest with you, but oh well. Um, God, this is a really tough one. Oh. I think Trent Seven's got some comic timing, but it's who he plays. Um... Oh, I could see Trent Seven possibly being Jamie. I was going to say, I don't know if he could be Jamie, but would he be better off as, what's his name? I can't remember it. Is, um Tories or Labour? A Labour one. The uh, Hugh's like kind of assistant. Glenn. Glenn. He's not tragic enough to be Glenn, but could he pull tragic off? I think he might be able to. Who be tragic? Is Glenn the young one? No, Glenn's the old fella who's the Labour man who then switches to the Lib Dems and ends up in coalition with the Tories. Oh, okay. Who's the little annoying little snidey coin with the curly hair and the glasses? Ollie. Ollie. So who'd be, be Ollie? Pete like, Dunn. Pete Dunn. I was about to say yeah. that. <laughs> That's literally what I was going to say. The little snivelling, like, okay, everything's fine, everyone. Trips is our friends. He's coming to save Brit Rez. Yep, that works. Well, Ollie's dating that Tory bird, isn't he? Oh, the, yeah, yeah. That's, where, that's all I'm up to. <laughs> I've yeah, only yeah. just started season two <laughs> and they've got him undercover uh, trying to uh, get information out of the Tories. Maybe Pete Dunne's undercover. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it explains why he's such a fucking cunt. Bollocks. Absolutely <laughs> bollocks. Uh, she'd be Ginny. I reckon Ginny. What do you reckon? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I could go along with that. That works. Um, I'm really stumped on this one. It's a great question. It's a great question, but I almost feel like I need a good bloody week. Stuart? Oh, is it, have you cast Regal yet? Because Regal seems like an easy one. I oh. can see Regal as Stu. Oh, Peter Mannion. Regal as Mannion. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, what do you reckon? I think he's got. Robbie to be Brookside fair, Glenn. I give Regal grief, but he's got the comedic timing as well. In fairness to him. Yeah, I could see Regal pulling Mannion off. They got they had similar hair at one point as well. And I can't <laughs> think do. of any old bumbling fools in Brit Rest that could do Mannion. Will Cooling, because he's Ken Clark, and Mannion is basically Ken Clark, but... Mm. Will would have to be in it in some form. You can't cast a Brit Rest the thick of it without Will. 
Um, I don't think you could pull Stuart off. Oh, fucking hell. This is is, is really there any press tough. he could be? Because he'd be press. I don't want to give Hugh to anyone because he's a pedo. So maybe James Davis, but you know. Um, oh, yeah. It, it, oh. No, can't think of it at all. Because you said Stuart and then I was getting lost in trying to think of who could be Stuart. Um, if you haven't watched Thick of It, by the way, watch it. Fucking awesome. What about and Rebe- in the loop. Rebecca Front's character. Um, mm. I can't remember her name. What the fuck's her name? Anyway, John Briley's wife. What <laughs> <laughs> does she do? Spend a whole a whole life on a laptop, just scrolling my timeline on Twitter, just accidentally liking tweets. Is that what it is? <laughs> Quite possibly. Uh, <laughs> Terry Zoe Lucas just doing admin constantly. <laughs> sips, uh, Wilden. <laughs> yeah. What do you reckon? Yeah. That's not a bad one. Yeah, that's not a bad one at all. Um, fucking hell, this is a tough one. What? This is my favourite question so far. <laughs> it's got a. I wish I was prepped on this one. I think I could. I think we'd be good if we were prepped on this one. But yeah, apologies, Eddie. We'll, we'll give we'll us a bit it. more time to properly get back to it. Intro to the next show. I'll ask you again. Um, another good question followed up by again uh, our friend Dave, the day to day on Twitter. Top five bang average movies. Uh, I don't know if we're going to do a full five, but what's some bang average movies that you're uh, that you're a big fan of? Um, uh, Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone it's Ooh. a weird one go out there and watch it blown away with Jeff Bridges and Tommy Lee Jones it's not very good it's shit I'd almost go it's the worst depiction of a pint of Guinness on screen ever and Tommy Lee Jones plays an IRA terrorist who was too extreme for the IRA with what has to be considered just uh, a quite deep comment he's made on his disdain for the Irish in the sense of how little he's learnt the accent No Escape starring Ray Liotta um, he's kind of dumped on an island with other prisoners I thought he'd be good at the time I was a teenager I didn't know fucking shit I was wrong massively um, a film that makes me really depressed and I know we're going into it and it is bang average The Lawnmower Man <laughs> about this the other week i was speaking about it at work with alan because he also hates it as well fucking awful i remember seeing that i'm all right with it because it's pierce brosnan and any film of pierce brosnan <laughs> gets an extra star because pierce is there yeah yeah so i, I would say yeah these are uh what else um trying to think king of the kickboxers i was well into all of that stuff like van damme no retreat, no surrender. One and two. Yeah, Cynthia Rothrock. The majority of Van Damme's career. Bobby can be Blank, this. Billy Blanks is in it, but it's average, mate. You've mm. seen some Billy Blanks films, haven't you, Benno? Who's Billy Blanks? <laughs> Google him, mate. I tell you who he is. Last Boy Scout, which Joe mentioned, is doesn't doesn't stand the test of time it, very it well. It really doesn't. He's the American football player. Who shoots himself at the beginning. Wikipedia describes him as an American guru. Yeah, that sounds about right. He did a lot of <laughs> training DVDs, like that Bass Root and stuff. I kind oh, of yeah. vaguely recognise him, but I can't really say what from. King of the Kickboxers, Tough and Deadly, Blood Fist. He was in The Last Boy Scout. Yeah, that's what, it, that's what I said. Yeah, he shot himself in the head at the oh, beginning. Oh, is that right? That's that. Oh, he was in Tango and Cash. I didn't realise that. Terrible film. <laughs> oh, I was. I was. Gonna, I haven't rewatched that this Christmas season. I was going to rewatch it, Joe. That's all no, up that's there. That's bad films I like, though. I don't know if it counts as bad, that bang average films I like. It's purely just that scene where they escape from prison, Joe. It's one of the greatest scenes in uh, movie history when they uh, take the belts off and use them to hang on the telephone wires. Yeah. What, a, what a scene. 
Go for a coffee and a Danish. Doesn't like Danish. Oh, oh, that is a good in joke. I got to say, oh, Bridget Nielsen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I think it's to be honest. If you're going to talk like bang average films that that, that we like, I think it's a lot of it's got to be action, hasn't it? Like my yeah. guilty pleasure of the Fast and Furious franchise definitely fits into that. The uh, Two Fast Two Furious, especially. Uh, that's an absolute piece of shit that I, I do really like. Uh, I don't know any Statham maybe that we could have in in our. Uh, Average films um, that are good. I've got a top five. Go on. Oh, you got a whole five. Taffin. <laughs> what? Taffin. Do you know Taffin? No. So Taffin, released in 1988, an Irish tough guy debt collector is asked by his local community to help rid the town of developers better building a chemical plant on the outskirts of town. The de- developers are ruthless, so they've sent their heavies into town to keep the locals quiet. Starring Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Uh, another one that would come in there, The Lawnmower Man, starring Pierce Brosnan. Mm-hmm. I'd probably throw Tomorrow Never Dies in there as well. <laughs> okay. Starring Pierce Brosnan. Uh, Mamma Mia and Dante's Peak. <laughs> starring nice. Pierce Brosnan. Five Pierce Brosnan films that I like <laughs> because Pierce Brosnan's in it. <laughs> Dante's Peak. It's better than Volcano. Do you remember Dante's Peak? Roger Donald. Oh, do you know what? It's yeah. a great film. Have you ever seen The November Man? Never seen that. No. Oh, it's fucking awesome. That was Pierce Brosnan, basically yep. John Le Carre book or something. I don't like. know if it's Le Carre, but it's Brosnan. It's about five years ago. Brosnan, me and my dad watched it together. And it's basically Brosnan doing Never Say Never Again. You know Connery's non-Bond Bond film. Um, and it's Brosnan doing non-Bond Bond. He's not Bond, but he's Bond. And he's fucking vicious. <laughs> and he's smooth as fuck. The opening scene where he turns up in like a cafe bar in the Alps in like this Lamborghini or something, open top, smoothing his hair back. Fucking brilliant. He also cuts up Janae from Neighbours at one point in the film as well. It's fucking awesome. It's one of the most underrated films <laughs> of the last few years that I've seen. But I might be biased because I love Pierce Brosnan. But I the know. November Man, <laughs> check it out. If you want some non-Bond Bond, check it out before the new Bond film comes out. <laughs> That's a mouthful. You should put that on the poster. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'd probably throw Conair in there for one for me. I guess that's a film I acknowledge is bad, but I really like. Oh, mate. One of my students, he is like the handyman or like the driver for the... I don't know if I can say He this. babysits. He basically babysits the director of Conair's kids and drives his alcoholic wife around... Oh, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> drives his alcoholic wife around everywhere? Yeah. And makes like an absolute fucking killing. Oh, Westy. As, as, yeah. as I call Dominic it. Dominic West, him. yeah. No, Simon West. Simon West, that's who? Dominic West. That's he was in the war. Yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. Drives, drives his wife around everywhere. Drives at the shop to pick up a bottle of whiskey, bottle of vodka if she fancies it. Yeah, he makes a killing out of the director of Connor. She's thirsty, isn't she? Let's stop there. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, next question. On a similar tip from James Brewster. Uh, for any company or period, which wrestling angle would you choose some Martin Scorsese to adapt for his next film? That's a tough one. Brett and Sean. Yeah, like the re- yeah, you could do like the real life. You could do wrestling with shadows, but as like a as like a as like an, a Scorsese epic that could work. Couple um, of left field ones, Dino Bravo. Yeah, there you go. The Ita- gets the Italian it, mobster theme in, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it actually does. I was just going to suggest ties the, in that that whole story with him. I was just going to suggest the main event mafia, but that that's not as good as far as mafias go. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Nash's career. 
just him doing Kevin Nash's career. You could do like a raging bull, couldn't just, you? With like a, could you do like a tragic figure? Ric Flair. Yeah, there you go. Raging yeah. Bull with Flair. That'd be a good. It's not really a wrestling angle, but it's a. I think there's no wrestling angles that are fucking good enough, are they, for Scorsese to attach to his next film? Messiah getting his fingers cut off by the owner of XPW. Oh, Jesus. I always thought that the Montreal screw job could make a fascinating film, mm. but it's getting the licensing. I and mean, then if you get the licensing, yeah. having them involved in some way. WWE Films gets some... involved. And yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it's He's fucked. the hero. and yeah, yeah, it's fucked as a result of that. So actually making it independently. Look, we've got The Rest. The Rest is an incredible film. That's yeah. enough for me. Definitely. Um, but but if you, <laughs> uh, RBX2000 on Twitter, my question of the day. If you had to wank one breed of dog, which breed would it be and why? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've got St. Bernard, go big or go home. <laughs> uh, hey, I tell you what, Big Tone, you better watch him. Now that Dustin Rhodes has got a big uh, St. Bernard, hasn't he? I've seen him post pictures of it on Twitter. Better watch out with Big Tone around. Yeah, he wants to keep that locked up. Well away from Tone. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I've got any other suggestions. Chihuahua, maybe? Don't know. Um, yeah. I'm, look, at the end of the day, I'm not going to get any enjoyment out of wanking a dog off, but Tony is. And I like to see people enjoy themselves. And it's Christmas, and it's the time of giving, you know, make people happy. I'm receiving. And if, if he gets an ex, it's a dog, it's an ex, but like Tony giving it a good wank, <laughs> and Tony gets his way. It's going to be happy, you know. It's going to be happiness all around. Whereas if I'm doing it inexperienced, I'm not going to be enjoying it. On it's going to be effort. Give him to tone. I'll save him for tone. Neil David uh, has asked, "Who's coming to your ideal wrestling Christmas dinner? Wrestlers, critics, backstage staff, whoever." Uh, and it wouldn't be Christmas without a little argument. I have Melter there. That's number one. Especially in that in that shitty yeah. T-shirt. It's like Hawaiian T-shirt and is really bad baggy ripped up dad jeans he'd be my number yeah. one and that tie-dye uh, hoodie he wears oh yeah yeah he's wearing yeah. at wrestlecom that's what i mean yeah the hoodie needs to wear that yeah yeah definitely um he'd be there oh god has it got to be just wrestling yeah it says wrestling critics backstage staff if you want to do like an eastenders one feel free joe look dave and brian for me are the only two get them <laughs> There's no one else. I know that's a, a bias towards the observer, but and Nick I Gage. I love John Wayne. Is he a critic? He's a wrestler. Oh, could it be wrestlers as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I'm more drunk than I realise. Those seven point four percent fucking like beers. I'll do that. Like I learned this from like trying to wrestle for a little while. How many actual wrestlers do you want to really hang around with in real life? Because you will be. <laughs> They're not nec- unless it's like Matt Riddle. Uh, I don't know if um, mate. Would you, really, you know Sorry, what? Benno. No, 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 you're right. I was going to say, yeah, because you don't want to, I was going to say you don't really want to sit down with a Shawn Michaels or a Triple H, but then thinking about it, yeah, I could just do like a full of a wrestling reunion, get Marty Jannetty in, bring Rob Van Dam round, Jericho and Scott Hall could sit around. <laughs> you Jack, you Jack would be a big one. Sabu. Matt Riddle's going to be in there for you though, JP. Oh, Riddle will be there. Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> Yeah, Floyd. Oh, well, think of the cash. He'd provide the amenities for the evening. Yeah, he would. Him and Riddler get on a fucking storm. Yeah, I'd love well. to see it. Yeah. <laughs> get Mayweather there. Meltzer, as we've already established. Mm. Him and Riddle, they'd be off on it. Mm. Wait, let's have one more. So if we're, we're doing a joint, if we're all going to be there, who's our last guy? Oh, Buck Zoomhoff. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring your kids. <laughs> 
Like Neil said, it's not Christmas without Bit of Morgan. Marty Jannetty. No. No. Yeah, 80s Marty Jannetty and 80s Shawn Michaels. I'd have the rockers there. I wouldn't have today's Shawn Michaels because he'd just be going on about God, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would be. And Marty Jannetty would be going about his daughter, apparently. <laughs> yeah, he would. <laughs> his daughter. That so, can't be true, right? Oh, he definitely. I think he's just foolish. I think he just says whatever to get a reaction. I don't think he believes any of it. Yeah. I'd like to think that's the case. And he's just deeply troubled. <laughs> that's the best case scenario here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who'd that last guest be? Um, Kevin Nash. If Riddle's there. Oh, Kevin Nash. Goldberg. Goldberg. Oh, Nash. Look, if I could hang out with two wrestlers, it's Nash and Riddle. If I can get two wrestlers together and watch you, JP, with two wrestlers, it's Nash and Riddle. <laughs> All right. No one else. I just knew Jeff <laughs> on the edge of the table just for a bit of edge. Now, because he'd throw the night off a bit. Yeah. Whereas Riddle, Nash and JP, there'd be a balance to the evening because, you know, they all enjoy, you know, various things, which I'm not going to go into detail on. <laughs> we will later. They're all quite like-minded and quite intelligent people as well and i think you know there'd be a good balance in the evening and they get on get on like an house on fire whereas new jack would take it to new levels <laughs> he would get do. a terry reynolds animal so be like all right new jack calm down pal like you know you're not getting the vibe of the evening here and i, I know what jp can be like when he gets in a situation like that and he'd be a great man at calming it down yeah. But at the same time... Yeah, I, I don't really to... want Superhands turning up. Exactly. <laughs> I want to see you have a good time. So it'll be Nash and Riddle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we've got a sensible question here from uh, from our good friend Barton Bushby. Uh, who should be heading off to Japan soon enough. Uh, sensible question for a change, he says, but for so- one of the best gigs you've been to? That's a good question. Uh, and a side note, actually, I'll have my own question on to What was the first gig you went to? Mine was I went to see The Far Side. MC Hammer. <laughs> Fucking hell! Was that Wembley Jordan? Arena? Was that Jordan, like the Lad- scores in my se- second year of secondary school? So it would have been yeah, year eight. How old were you? Was that before the WCW show in '91? We went a year later. No, no, he didn't go to that. Paul Brown went to that. No, but did you go to MC Hammer before WCW? No, it's a WCW first. Fucking hell! <laughs> WCW, MC Hammer, then WWF. I remember really when uh, Michael Jackson did that uh, Aintree, he did a gig at Aintree Racecourse. That was like the mid. It was like 1996 or something like that. I think I was. Maybe it was earlier. I was definitely, but I was old enough to know it was happening, but too young to go. So maybe it was early 90s. I'm going to have to look this up now, but that that could have been my first. It could have been a Michael Jackson. the bullet, mate, not going to that. (laughs) Take me backstage, you know, make some friends. Um, Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of didn't really go to gigs until I was a teenager and well into kind of my hip hop. Oh God, it was 1988. It was well earlier than I thought. Maybe I didn't know Fuck about it. Man. I would have been four, Jesus. so I doubt I knew. Uh, oh mate, that was when Bad was out. Yeah, God, imagine the set list. I must have heard about Dirty it. Diana, <laughs> <laughs> a bit of Speedway, Speed Demon, Jesus. He's uh, rather lost on a four-year-old, Ben. Eh? I know, I know. Well, you know. Michael would have had a great time. But there's um there's, there's videos on YouTube if anyone wants to check it out. <laughs> Extremely rare footage, Michael Jackson, Aintree, 1988. Unbelievable. Um, How the fuck did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> See, Thatcher's <laughs> Britain wasn't all bad. Do you reckon Savile was promoting? <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Probably. Uh, Possibly. But yeah, I... My, oh, go on. Sorry, Bella. 
I was just say, yeah, I only started going when I was a teenager. I remember I went to Farside first. I went to De La Soul and I was in the front row. And we thought we were cool smoking weed in the front row, um, thinking I was JP. You were. And I, remember, I was like 16, I think. And I remember passing out in the front row, so I wasn't that cool, JP. You went, <laughs> you went around to teach me. I remember getting carried out by like security uh, and not allowed back in. So that was my gig number two. Up there with my favourite of all time to answer Martin's question, though. How about you, Joe? What was your first? For, uh, so technically, it was Power in the Park in Southampton, which was a free concert once a year. Um, and I went a few times, and I remember getting to see S Club 7, <laughs> 5, um, uh, the guy who played Nick Tilsley in Coronation Street before the current <laughs> Nick Tilsley. He had a pop career at one point. Yeah. Of course he did. Um, uh, Eternal, pretty sure I saw there. Wow. Yeah, like pop pop legends of the, of the time yeah, period. Yeah. The highlight, though, was Sid Owen from EastEnders. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ricky Butcher playing yeah. his uh, classic Good Thing Going live. Yeah, got to see that. But the first proper gig I went to was uh, Slayer at London Astoria <laughs> in 2003. I'd just finished my GCSEs. And, uh, yeah, got down a bit of Slayer. And they played Rain and Blood in full, the entire album, all 28 minutes of it. And it was fucking incredible. But the first band that supported were Lamb of God. And I got stuck in a wall of death where I absolutely shat myself during, I think it was like their first songs. That was a hell of an introduction. So it's all <laughs> kind of been downhill from there, to be honest with you. And, you know, Slayer have retired now, which makes me feel fucking old. Um, One of them's died. And they? London Astoria, yeah, Jeff Hanneman died. And London Astoria is gone. Yeah. One of my favorite venues, like great venue. Saw lots of great gigs there before it closed down. But my favourite concert of all time is probably Springsteen at Fenway Park in Boston, which was on a completely different level. And Springsteen is the greatest live act ever. I'll compete with that. No. Uh, For me, it's like a personal favourite, which is probably seeing the Wu-Tang Clan in London for the first time. That was like 2002. But I've seen them like six times since, and they've basically done the same gig another six times. So kind of takes the bloom off the rose. But the first time I saw them, that was great. Public Enemy yeah, was great saw, the first time I saw them too. Go on, sorry, Jim. I saw Wu-Tang in 2011. I've only seen them once, and it was awesome. Mm. But I know the set's the same, so I've never gone back. And I'm yeah, just like, yeah, right keep that memory alive. Yeah, that's the best <laughs> way to do it. How about you, JP? What's the best gig you've been to? Um, I wouldn't necessarily use necessarily the best gig, but it was really influential. I was at Nebworth for um, Oasis. I was a big Oasis fan at the time. Oh, well, uh, it was the second in day. Yeah, yeah, I was there. Fucking hell, you didn't never told me this before. Yeah, yeah, I was there, yeah. Oh, it looks epic. <laughs> it was great. Had a great day. A Brit pop. Yep. I exactly. can picture you. JP, what were you wearing? Do you remember? Yeah, like a. Like a um, it Outfit probably on. would have Tracking. been some kind of baggy jeans, necessarily. <laughs> something like that. Pair of a lessy train. <laughs> I can really picture it. Reebok Classics. <laughs> I probably did have some Reebok Classics. Oh, all black Reebok Classics to school at the time. Did get away with it. They were a classic from the oh, era yeah. as well. Yeah. Get away with those. Um, yeah, so he was going to see that. They were supported by the Manics cast, if you can yeah, remember them. Yeah, yeah, Benno, yeah. you should remember them. <laughs> Local <Cast. legends. laughs> Sandstorm. Um, uh, who else supported them that day? Can't quite remember. Oh, I think it was Ocean Colour Sea. Yeah, really taking it. Wow. That's it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so that. Do you remember I was at Live the 8 in the, in the gold circle. It was shite. You were there with Nick Tilsley, weren't you? From Corrie. Yeah, yeah. Mentioned. But you were there with the proper Nick Tilsley who's in Corrie. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, that one. 
Um, he was he in was, Footballers Wise at the time. That's right? right, and he was a mate of one of the blokes I was. I was working in music advertising at the time. It was weird. There's people like taking photos with like Jimmy Carr and David Frost, mm. and it was like, and it was there because I worked in music advertising, so we managed to get a ticket for it. And a lot of it was like, you know, seeing Pink Floyd reunited, but it was kind of shite. That's the whole day. Can I just like David Frost? Yeah, he was there. He's back. So, nah, I didn't. I had nothing really to say to him, believe it or not. Wow, your love of I was actually kind politics. of in, England were playing a one day. It was, you know, it was ah, before the. <laughs> sorry. It was before the. Mate, Frost would 2005 have been, Ashes. David Frost. I, I, I put money on it was a cricket fan. Yeah, I'd say so. I should you have could spoke have to him about that. Yeah. And it was primitive 3G at the time. So, like, trying to find out a score was very difficult on your phone. That live. <laughs> God, why am I saying this? Was the day after my first ever sexual experience. <laughs> and I was nursing my cock that day. And, and this is the girl you met in that club in Southampton, right? No. <laughs> that was another occasion. Anywho. Sorry. JP lived the... Uh... You lived the life there, JP. Like, Oasis is something I only really got into. And, like, like at the time, because I was so into my rap, I didn't like them. But now I've got, like, a real nostalgia for, like, proper mid-90s Oasis that I didn't even oh, like yeah. at the time. I was in sixth form when, like, Definitely Maybe came out and stuff like that. And it was like, it was like, oh, shit, music got good, basically, is what happened <laughs> in the 90s. Well, you're still living by that mantra today. Cigarettes and alcohol, you've been enjoying that tonight. <laughs> yeah, you? I have. Is it worth the aggravation? Yes, yes, it is. So trying to get a job when there's nothing worth living for. That's right. Is it a crazy situation? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is a crazy situation. Yeah. Next lyric, come on. No, I don't. <laughs> oh, fuck it out. There's a question from uh, at the Barry Lad. Uh, what's the quintessential film to fall asleep to on Christmas Day after dinner? He says he's thinking Bond or Shrek because usually ITV will have one on. For me, like I can honestly say this year, I fell asleep watching Uncle Buck and then I fell asleep watching Planes, Trains and Automobiles. So I count either. A bit of John Candy on Christmas Day. Can't beat that. Mate, I'm sorry. I love John Candy and I've watched both this Christmas. Candy is not a man to fall asleep to. <laughs> That's true. He was the first actor that I remember being of an age where I was like, fuck, when he died. I was seven when he died. Yeah. And I was mm. devastated when he died because I love John Candy. It's like you it, don't fall as, you don't fall asleep to Candy, Benno. That's offensive to me. Yeah, I, I think I've seen the film so many times, Joe. That's all. It? Like I think for me, Christmas time. It's you know when you see like old relatives you haven't seen in a while. It's like my time of year. I'll get to see John again. Get to see John Candy. Get to see him. <laughs> you know, turns up in Home Alone at the end as well. Watch that this Christmas too. Uh, it's like seeing a, a kindly old uncle that you've missed. I, it is, and I can kind of see you put like especially if you've woken up. If you're waking up, say halfway through. Rays of the Lost Ark, which I watched because they're they're showing all of them on on there, but I didn't fall asleep during it. But if you woke up during it, you'd be like quite happy. Mm. So halfway through Rays of the Lost Ark, you went, "Oh yeah, I can get into this. Just be nice and easy." Yeah, I turned Home Alone on a scene in. It was when you know when Pesci's turned up at the house. Yeah, yeah. he's trying to get he's in his police uniform. He's got yeah. his gold tooth. I turned it on. I was like, "Oh, I'm sticking with this." You're in. You're <laughs> in. Well at. Yeah, <laughs> I watched both. I watched Home Alone one and two back to back. Haven't changed my thoughts on Home Alone two. I still love the setting, but it is—it's such a retread. You can't watch it after Home Alone one. I think maybe next year I'll watch them in the other order. Maybe that'll give me a better idea of what I think of the two. Mate, it's Brenda Fricker. It's JP's favourite actress of all time. <laughs> Oscar winner for best supporting actress in nineteen eighty nine, representing Ireland. She, foot. Yeah, 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 she she's the problem. She, <laughs> isn't she? 
she oh, I would She's say yeah, the sentimentality and that yeah. sort of stuff, yeah. Well, isn't, isn't this a wrestling podcast? <laughs> it really well, is. Speaking of which, we do have a wrestling question. Um, oh, back from uh, Ben Owens. What does Joe think of JJ Gale? He thinks he's got the most potential of the current crop of homegrown Rev Pro contenders. JJ Gale, meh. Really? Oh. Is he the big bloke? I, I, I don't know. I've seen him like once. I can't you get a wrestling question after all of that. Ah, can we talk about Home Alone and John Candy? <laughs> right, here's, a, here's a wrestling question for you, Joe. What's the most interesting DMs you've ever read from at Bushby01? <laughs> <laughs> Do we answer? No comment. <laughs> it's Trent. <laughs> oh, I really miss being on the Indie Corner. Anyway, uh, at Monkey, Monkey Balls... <laughs> Oh, no, he's asked the best book again. Can't ask us that twice. Um, Dylan Shaw, if you had to put Brit Res promotions to political parties based on their output, what promotion would be the Tories, Labour, Lib Dem, etc.? Well, the Tories are clearly progress, obviously. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm still shocked that Briley was, like, pushing for Labour on his own Twitter. It does, doesn't shock me. I think he's probably very much a new Labour man and... Yeah, I, I, I get it. He's also in North London as well. You know, look at Labour's domination of London and them as a metropolitan party and all the rest of it. But when you look at the outlook of the promotion, it's very much the Tories. The product shit, they're offering nothing new. They're offering nothing really original. Um, but they've got a reach. They've got money. And they're still drawing the biggest crowds in Britress. So progress are very much the Tories. Uh, you know, unexciting... But at the same time, people are just fooled and duped easily because 52% of the country plus are fucking idiots, let's be honest here. Um, Rev Pro have got to be Labour, surely. A company that has sort of stuck to their principles in many ways. Um, BME owner. Doesn't, yeah, yeah. Does, doesn't have a great sort of game plan. Yeah, and um, they fell as well this year. Yeah, looks a bit yeah. lost. Um, sort Dealing of, with a lot of kind of like just negative press out there. Yeah. It's going to get to you as well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And throw stuff out there. Not having a clear cut position at points. Ab- absolutely. JP, carry on. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> You're nailing it. I've just walked in. Oh, I had to go to the toilet. <laughs> I've, I've started to hurry up to get back into it. But you look at the way Rev Pro throw out matches, throw out announcers of wrestlers, Will Ospreay, uh, the next uh, York Hall show, I'm like, yeah, excellent. Free broadband. <laughs> you know, it very much feels like they're just throwing stuff out there with no real game plan at this Free point broadband. in time. Um, they're very much indebted to, you know, New Japan, which are almost like the unions as their main donor <laughs> in many ways as well. So, yeah, you have to go Rev Pro in the lay position. Got, and that's why, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I suppose people are calling me quite Rev, hard line New Joe. Japan as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got one for yeah. you. Perfect. Like, it might not sound at all, just on first instinct, but I'm going for Lib Dem. I'm going attack. And the reason I'm going attack, who runs attack? It's Pete Dunn. It's Mark Andrews. Yeah. It's the lads who are actually, they pretend to be your mate and they pretend to be like the good guys. Who are they in bed with? The fucking Tories. Lib Dem's They're going into coalition, the bastards. <laughs> they have, they have. Yep. That all attack. Maybe Fight Club Pro lot. I don't know. I don't know I'm a Fight Club Pro. But they, they, that lot have definitely gone in bed with uh, with, with the uh, WWE-esque uh, Tories. So I think that works. Does that make the camp shows the UKIP and Brexit parties <laughs> of this world? Oh, 100%. 100%. I'm going to one tomorrow. 
and I'm kind of hoping that that's the kind of vibe I get from it. There ain't no party like a Brexit party. Yeah, certainly well, not one hosted by Lee Bamber. If Brian Dixon isn't a Brexiteer, I'll be shocked. Uh, oh, <laughs> you don't, you don't, you don't, mate. You know the Brexit party, of Brit Rest, WAW. Yes, that way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, half those lads have definitely voted Brexit. Uh, all those lads. Oh, delighted in it. It's when it done, don't they? <laughs> don't know what it is. Just when it done, and I feel like. SNP's easy, and it's it's uh, it's got to be ICW. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'd ha- you'd have to say that, wouldn't you? But it's yeah. What you think about how little mention we give ICW? I've got no interest in ICW, but also you look at the way the Scottish National Party get kind of away with a lot because they're representing a minority of the country. Therefore, Nicola Sturgeon's not held to the same account that the leaders who are representing the entire country are held to. Look, I, I know some people who are... God, can I say this? Yeah, fuck it, I'm drunk. Um, and it's going out on audio, so this is there forever. I know some people who are SNP members, and some of the stuff I've heard them say before that gets discussed at SNP fringe meetings, if you heard it, you would be absolutely dumbfounded by what they've said. Will Cooling, if you listen, next time I meet up with you, I'll tell you what they've been saying. But we're talking like, like, yeah, like bad stuff. Think about what gets discussed at maybe weird momentum Labour Party fringe meetings. Mm. We're talking, yeah, along that line. But anyway. <laughs> um, next question, our friend Gunny, uh, GD for, at GD for Photography, DE uh, on Twitter. Always a good follow. Uh, best film of 2019. Joe, where are you sitting right now? I'm sitting oh, on Marriage well, Story, watched... you know. Say it again, mate. Sitting on Marriage Story, but my mind could be changed. I've not seen it yet, but I'm, I'm a Noah Baumbach fan. I will get to watch it over the next few days. I've got a bit of time. Uh, for me, and I rewatched it on a Christmas day with the family, the Maradona documentary. Wow. Yeah. It, it, honestly, it's number one, and it was a gr- it was a Christmas day delight for the Lemon family. Um, <laughs> I hope my brother backs me up on this one. If I was doing a top three off the top of my head, you know, I can come back to me in a minute and I'll give you a I can tell you what list. mine is. Us. Oh, Us was amazing. Us. Us was awesome. The Jordan Peele film. Oh, okay. I've got to see that. I do love the... I thought, I thought it was better than Get Out. Yeah, because so, it had an ending. Oh, wow. So it really, Get Out. Get Out's my film of the year for the year that came out. Yeah. What was that? 2017? I, I would... I, get, get on board it. It's it's brilliant. It's the kind of film that it, it will be studied for a while. And it's it's open to interpretation, but in a good way. I'll just say that I don't want to give you can't really give anything away in terms of what happens. But if you haven't seen it, watch it. And if you like to get out, definitely watch us. Fair enough. And I would say definitely watch Marriage Story. I know you're gonna, Joe. But yeah, those two. I've seen it get some grief. It's not the perfect film, but I do feel like Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson's performances uh, are good enough to make it the film of the year. But it's got Irishman not far behind it. And my mind is open, yeah. So if I see yours, I could uh, could easily change. I haven't seen a huge amount of films from this year, if I'm honest. Um, mm. I'm only just catching up with everything from 2018. So maybe that's one to ask me in a couple of months. Come back to me, Ben. I want to give you a top 10 later. Oh, okay, okay. We've got that to look forward to. Um, oh, go, go on, you can probably do this one off the top of your head then. What's the best beer you've had this year, John? This is from uh, Gary oh on Grass. Best beer I've had this year. I'm going to have a little look at my, uh, my untapped one. <laughs> See, I don't have the untapped, no, but it was the on. beer that we had, that pub in Liverpool, Ben. I pointed out the glorious oh, pub. The vice beer? What was the glorious pub we went the to? The Ship and Mitre. Ship and Mitre in Liverpool. Yeah, I can't think of the name of the vice beer. Ludwig something, I think it was. That was a delight to drink. It was awesome. Um, 
but pretty much everything from there was good. I did love that great Eastern IPA that they sold at Red Church Brewery before its demise. That mm. was an instant year. Uh, 7.2%. Fuck me, that had a kick to it. Knock me on my ass. Literally. Can I just offer this out there as well? If you're thinking of running venues, if venues are in it, like if you can find these craft breweries that possibly are on somewhat on the outskirts of town, but you could do a lot worse than host shows around there. So tell you what, like everyone's going to be at least drinking something halfway decent as well. Because that Future Shock show we were at, it was like, what a great vibe and an atmosphere that had. Well, this is the problem. Everyone wants to run a show there now. There was like a charity show there not long ago. Tattoojin rang there. Future Shock is still trying to run there. There's some new promotion doing like the Great British Bake Off tournament or some bull- Great British Heritage tournament, I think it's called. I can't remember the name of the okay. promotion. What They're the fuck running. Is that? Oh, the, it's just a new newbie promotion. Sounds a bit uh, bricked, doesn't it? Yeah, they, they, they got like Johnny and Jody on the show, but then they've got like the young guns mixed in and they've got like all the younger talent mixed in. Uh, to be determined how that thing uh, goes. But yeah, there's a lot of that going on. Uh, a lot of promotions running that venue, you know, which is fair enough, to be honest. Uh, I will give it's a good my- venue. My, my beer of the year I uh, got uh, from the uh, the Gibberish Brewery in Liverpool. It was an apricot New England pale ale uh, that they sell uh, from Gibberish. Really big fan. I gave it 4.75 on uh, on Untapped, and I don't give that up on Ungrapple, so that tells you what I thought of it. <laughs> Love a good uh, Are you more discerning on Untapped than you are on Grapple? See, I'll be very careful with it. A lot, I give out a lot of fours, but I don't tend to go much higher uh, on Untapped. I think yeah. it's a different scale. I'm the same way with films, really. Like, with films... Like I, because the app I use is out of ten, I'll I'll give grades out of ten, like eight out of ten, and that's really as high as I go. Sometimes I give a nine, I barely ever give a ten. So like I don't really go higher than four and a half stars with films. Uh, with beers, maybe I'm a little bit more liberal than I am with films. And with wrestling, yeah, I don't, I can't think of the last time I gave five stars out. You'd have to go back to the mid two thousands, I think. Fuck me, really? You didn't give a major card or. Um, I'm a coward, Shibata Joe. Shabata five stars. I'm a bad coward, Joe. Uh, Shabata Ricarda, 4.75. I might have given... Four. I might have given one of the Omega Ricarda matches five. I'd have to look back on Grapple whether I did that or not. But I just don't do it. I'm sorry. I, I, it's the same with films. I just don't give tens out. There's something about... I feel like... I don't like giving that perfect mark out because I feel like I'll be melted to them. Well, what happens when something's better? I always struggle with that. Yeah. And again, maybe it's just me being a coward. Maybe that's all there is, but... Yeah, can't often... Uh, if I was going to give a five, that would be my five as far as beers go. But yeah, don't often do it. Oh, we're going to open up that door to the 0.25 world, aren't we? And what's the <laughs> point of having those remarks there at all? Yeah, what's the point? Is it not fours or fives? Yeah, there you go. It's just to show us how important we are, isn't it, JP? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, um, oh, Boston Tony asks... Uh, oh, sorry, JP, you haven't given us your beer. What's your beer? Oh, I was going to say the voice beer. The oh, yeah, sorry. Mind. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, uh, we'll try to dig out the name of that. Uh, Boston Tony says, "What will the, will the Grapple Spotlight crew powder like heels or stand our ground, well, your ground, during the inevitable confrontation with fans and promoters of Progress 100? JP, <laughs> if it's not like the scene of Arsenal TV at Goodison Park last week, <laughs> I'll be shocked if you lot don't get frog marched out. Can I ask, where did that take place? Which, which part of the ground did that take place outside? The, the video was like outside, like at the back near the park end. Uh, we definitely walked through that bit where it was. Uh, oh, yeah. They all got frog marched out. It was, uh, yeah, because if anyone doesn't follow Arsenal TV, they give um, controversial opinions on it, on Arsenal, don't they, JP? Not unlike, uh, not unlike us. You're a fan. They do. 
Am I a fan? Um, I kind of, I'm very curious by them at times during the, like, and I have to say, it's kind of funny watching them get wound up. It's at that point where you go, oh, could I ever hang out with these people other than the fact they support the same football club as me? I don't truly like, I, I don't loathe them. They have their thing. They've managed to catch on doing it. As an Arsenal fan, there's always there's always stuff you can moan about if you really want to. And so I don't necessarily mind them doing that. In terms of that happening at Progress, I'd hope that wouldn't happen. Um, I can't... See, this is the weird thing. I mean, like, it's almost like you'd have to be following the trajectory of us over the last three years to kind of hear us sort of change over that time and where those changes took place. Like I told the story earlier, didn't I, about meeting you for the first time and yep. obviously falling in love at first sight. And we were chatting. Enough to get married, mate. There we go, yeah. There we go. We could, CJP, we could live together, but, you know, I think I, I think like the snoring would be a problem. I want that passport, but I feel like my snoring would, uh, would kill you. Uh, I don't think, we, I think we'd kill I'd each other. I'd mind yours. <laughs> See, I can put up with that. It's me and the problem. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's... Yeah, I, got, I mean, obviously, I'd marry you, Jay. I forgot, I've lost where we are now. What were we talking about? <laughs> we were talking about us going to Progress 100. Oh, yeah, there we go, the yeah. kind of reaction. Oh, that's, like, what, that's what I was going to say. Uh, I was going to say, like, the reason we're all friends, and there, well, obviously, you and Joe, Joe were together, but the reason we started this podcast is we were going to Progress shows, and we were meeting up at Progress shows, and we were having a great time at yeah. Progress shows, and I genuinely, when we started our podcast on Indie Corner, my pitch was, let's start a Progress podcast. Imagine how that yep. would have went. Like a year in, I think we'd have thrown the towel in, but it would have been a fun year. Oh, it would have been a wild ride of a year, and then it would have hit that um, that what, that show with the Jack Gallagher-Pete Dunn match. Yes. And then at that point, the whole thing would have turned mm-hmm. and it just would have gone like completely out of hand. We were talking, Joe's come back in. We were talking about the um, Progress 100 show and the, the kind of reaction we would we would get to that. And basically saying that just focus on what's going on in the ring. What do you mean, reaction? I better enough to explain the question to you. Okay. Basically, they were asking if we were going to get, th- if you two were going to get chucked out, just like uh, Arsenal fan TV got chucked out at uh, at the Everton game the other week. Ah, oh, we're not that important or known. Look, the Arsenal fan TV lads make their living off Arsenal fan TV. Mm. If I can make, make a, a living, good bloody living, Landbrook's paying for all. If of I it. can make a living off a Progress fan TV. Yes, please. And I'd happily get thrown out. Look, no one knows who we are outside of about, probably about 10 people who get a progress show at the end of the day. So I doubt that's going to happen. And look, it's the funeral for Jim Smallman. It's his procession. It's his goodbye. You know, people are going to be concentrating on Jim because he's their mate. And he's got 698 friends there saying goodbye to him. <laughs> as he, you know, goes away Undertaker style, I suppose. Uh, Is yeah. that going to be what's going to happen? Are we allowed to say possible thoughts of what's going to happen on that show? Fuck me. Like I, I said on Twitter, didn't I? Like the Look at the difference between like Jushin Thunder Lager's muted retirement from wrestling and the noise that's being made about Jim Smallman needing wrestling. The fucking... He's not leaving wrestling. He's got to Sorry, leaving progress, him. I mean. Leaving progress. The garbage t-shirt. I wish he was leaving wrestling. That NXT UK product. Fucking hell. But yeah, the garbage t-shirt. The six months of goodbyes from progress. It's fucking hell. It's a joke. It, it, I'm still curious to see it and look at it as a kind of anthropological event, just to see, and not having been in the ballroom for that long, just to be curious to see what the response is, 
how people sort of feel about it. Just, yeah, not having been there for such a long time. Hmm. Be interesting to see. And yeah, we'll find out how, uh, how popular you guys are uh, if you do manage to get in one day. Again, at JPGP on Twitter if you've uh, got a spare ticket. Um, yeah. Next question, which is more enjoyable? Mrs. Just give us a heads up before you put it on Twickets, because yeah. obviously I'll throw a shit fit otherwise. And you'll also get the best live review and the most honest live review that you get from anywhere on that show. Get two, and then you'll get one from Graps and Claps as well. And Benno, if you get three. <laughs> if you get three, yeah. Uh, maybe. Um, next question, what's more oh, enjoyable, yes. Mrs. Brown's Boys or Smallman's Intros? On topic. Smallman's intros. Fuck. Smallman's intros. No, no contest, but what a great comparison. <laughs> uh, RBX 2000s, Jew's first baby in May. Any advice? Mainly for JP. I haven't got any advice for you. Go on, JP. Um, any advice? First two weeks, you might think, this is a piece of piss. They don't do anything. Yeah, there's a bit of crying, a bit of nappy changing, but this is generally on point. Then there's a point where they break you for like 10 whole weeks. You're up in the middle of the night, and it's it's just like this is what hell is like, and it, but then they throw a smile, and you just go, oh, it's all very lovely. Um, then you're up on the stage where I am, where all of a sudden, fifteen years later, there's a couple of fucking blokes in your house. There's a couple of fucking big lads there who are just managing to, you know, you're taller than you and are being very very cheeky, and you go right. This is how it is from now on in. Just means you'll have to have another one, mate. So those first two weeks, don't think it's easy. Also, a little bit of advice. Keep um, any baby clothes that you're given. Keep any receipts because you're going to you're gonna be bought a lot of naught to three-month-old stuff. You're not going to need that much of it. Get yourself some three to six, six to nine, nine to 12-month stuff in, and you can get yourself well and truly planned. And chop up veg and put it in the freezer. <laughs> uh, not veg, fruit. Stuff like banana and the rest of it. No, not not banana, but apple. Why? Why? Oh, it's when you're first introducing kids to solids. <laughs> I'm going about this shit all day. This is but genuinely good advice. Somebody needs to print this audio out. Yeah, yeah. I, I DM me. I'll, I'll talk about like, it in more detail. Sounds like you miss those days. I bloody do. There's a little mini shrine to my infant children yeah. up there above my TV. Sounds like you used to have another child, mate. There's worse things that could happen in <laughs> Wow. Is that on the cards? Uh, no, it isn't on the cards. Bloody hell, calm down. I'm thinking a bit of Brexit wrestling, you know. <laughs> Tomorrow, don't, don't. By, you know. <sighs> Name after one of the wrestlers, James Mason. Or <laughs> <laughs> James Mason Houlihan, it works. Cool. J.M. Houlihan rather than J.P. <laughs> the J's the important thing. Uh, before I forget, we got a couple of email questions. I don't think they were intended to be anonymous. I think it was just non-Twitter users. One was from an Anthony Summer about uh, Joe's WrestleMania weekend last year, but we've already answered that. Uh, Phil Gordon put a question in. Oh, he put in favourite gig you've ever been to and why? Probably taught in, in league with Martin. But he did also ask us, uh, calls you John Paul and Houlihan. But he wants to know, right. ooh, would you rather... Have to, he's given us a few questions, but I'm going with this one. Would you rather publicly tweet John Briley asking permission to go to the toilet during work hours or B, start a Grapple Sister podcast with the PW Gale Gang and Callum Leslie? <laughs> probably the former. Yeah, I'd probably take the former too. I'd Absolutely. probably take the former on this. <laughs> See, wanna... As we've established, I do like cricket. I like cricket a hell of a lot. 
there's a chance that, you know, at a various point, once this show is over tonight, I'll end up sitting up watching New Zealand versus Australia until I fall asleep. Yeah. So at least there'd be that to hang the hat on. And I'd ask him for the piss break, see how it is. And he's he's a Labour man as well. He was very sort of big on Labour during, during this election. So I'd also like to get to the point where we, we're a few drinks in and we can yeah. get his honest thoughts on the old WWE thing. And just go, look, we get why, but they are arseholes, aren't they? I think yeah. I'd, I'd get on better in real life with, with John Briley and Callum Leslie because I think John... Oh. I think... Um, yeah. If John Briley started referring to progress as we, like uh, Callum, uh, Callum Leslie did that one time I met him, I'd be like, yeah, fair enough. But when you're just Callum Leslie, you can't get away with that, mate. That's not that's not okay. Look, the girl gang, I've made no secrets about my thoughts on that lot before. You know, what, what more is there to say about that lot? Bunch of, you know, Leslie is a virtue signer as well. Trying to make out that he's really woke and all the rest of it. And trying to make out that Andy Quilden was the bad man of Brit rest and some awful guy. Yeah, mixed race man from a working class background. Cool, what? He's the enemy, isn't he? Fucking ridiculous. Like, I've got no respect for any of that lot. They look to channel an identity through British wrestling and through making themselves the front and centre of it. And their self-righteous, narrow-minded bullshit bollocks. It's like the equivalent of momentum in the Labour Party. Just a stain that needs to fucking go. And thank God they fucking went. <laughs> Agreed. And also Callum yeah. Leslie blocked me from the Facebook progress group so fuck him too um the other question he asked actually there is another good question he's got it here is uh give me a dream final meal if you're on death row and you know what joe i might go with a roast sorry jp's roast at that for you just say that again i go with jp's roast at that as well i feel like that if someone was going to make me a roast for my last meal on death row i feel like jp could pull it out i'll put the effort in i was trying to quiz up on joe because joe had a decent roast this christmas Oh, no, I'm not going to lie. My mum's dinner on Christmas Day was probably the best roast she's ever... Yeah. <laughs> she's ever... She's this is where it there. starts. This this decade becomes the decade of the roast. I'll say it, she was quite thrown back by my compliments on the dinner. She was... <laughs> she's usually used to get, you know, a lot of bile after a roast dinner. Um, but I've not lived at home for it's a long time like now. So it's usually like one or two roasts a year. And I was like, you know what? This is all right. <laughs> And when I said, you've got some competition yeah. on the 5th of January, and I showed her a picture of your roast talking about how vile it looked. And my mum and my dad were like, looks all right to me. Don't see anything wrong with that. So you've got a couple of roast fans in my mum exactly. and dad. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Good yeah. on them. What would yeah. the last meal be, Joe? Would it be a nice little salad or something? <laughs> Fucking hell. No. A laugh or wrap. I enjoy salad, and I also enjoyed my, um, what was it, fresh greens I had for dinner tonight here as yeah. well. Um but no, I'd, I'd go for a... Oh, Jesus, that was an own goal and a half, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> Sorry. I'd go for a... What'd I go for? I'd probably have to go for an Indian or maybe a Turkish meal. Uh, maybe like a mixed mix kebab or something with a lovely bit of salad on the side from a Turkish restaurant with the lovely fresh bread and the hummus and the tzatziki or... Yeah, maybe a, maybe an Indian, go for a proper good curry, one of the house specials as well, usually the best because the chefs put their passion and effort into that one. Or maybe just, you know, a cracking burger or... It's too hard. I like food too much, apart <laughs> from British food and roast dinners, especially. 
<laughs> Some kind of all-you-can-eat buffet, maybe. Maybe that'll be the answer. Nah, because the food will be waiting there for hours. and like jacks. It'll be just thrown out. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of an all-you-can-eat, to be honest with you, Benno. No, uh, to be honest, I can't think of a good one I've been to. Can't think of any. Um, what about the Chinese you and Cole used to go to on the way to Wolverhampton? <laughs> you know what? That was a good one. Yeah, we only went there once, sadly. And uh, yeah, that was, uh, I can't remember what the name of that is, just outside the Wolverhampton. I'm sure there's a uh, Club Pro fans that know it, but as a last meal, I don't know if it quite hits the uh, the classiness. It was more like the amount of food you could get for your money was the reason we go there. Um, anything for you, JP? Any any traditional Irish fare that you'd have as a, as a death row meal? A blam. <laughs> I do love a blam. Blam is fucking awesome. Just like really nice fresh babs. Um, <laughs> what a lovely, lovely pair of fresh babs. What would I go for? Um, God, I'd then be boring. I, I love steak. How dull is that to say that? But that's what I'd probably end up going Any with. Any sort of steak? Well done, rare, medium? No, it'd be medium rare. Where, like what sort of cut? I mean, I'd be going for sort of. I'd be talking sort of deep, thick Argentinian okay, or you, South African beef. You're a rump man, aren't you? I'd be more a sirloin man. Okay, okay. Uh, if I was any, if anything like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's what I would go with. I was I'm more rump man, actually, when you think about it. <laughs> you very much mm. are. Well, let's tie these two questions together then, JP, because Jeff Ogden's jumped in. Uh, as well as having you staked in, JP, he says, who would JP's favourite wrestler to have a cheeky ciggy with outside the wrestling venue be, and why? It, so you have it stage, is. Dip outside. It is, was. And I've very much got a top three oh. like <laughs> on this list. Riddle would be number one. Yeah. He would He would always have to be number one. Does anyone one. come close? Um, Gresham was a good laugh. And David Starr. Mm. That was a good they, chat. They, Yep, that J- was. Jamesy's Can't podcast was much. fucking incredible. But that real life chat I saw you and him have in person, JP, it, it gives it a run for its money. About US politics. The uncensored Basically, version. What would have happened if that, co- that podcast he did with Will Cooling, he was absolutely, you know, we were both off our boxes. Got a scenario <laughs> for you, though. What about if Kevin Nash turns up? What'd you do? Well, what he's do got you? competition and Rob Van Dam. You know. Ah, it's Nash. I know, it's Nash. Who'd you dump? We'll cross that road when we come to it. Are you going to come to that road? I'd like to think we will do in March. Okay. I don't want him to cancel for whatever reason. I'd be gutted if he cancels. Okay. Okay. But I'm looking forward to going to see going to St. Mary's, which I haven't been to before. <laughs> going to Southampton, which is just a place that is so much on my radar. <laughs> so much more than, than it really has any right to be. And, yeah, and you're talking Kevin Nash. There's a lot to love about this. But I know you'll be game for this, wouldn't you? I know <laughs> you've met him already. Score. Southampton, though, mate. I mean, Joe hasn't really given her uh, the hard sell with his, his story of these clubs and just the general place in general. Look, Benno, what are you trying to say? I've been to your own town. I've been to your <laughs> own. I've been around Kirkdale, you know. Fair, fair. God's country. <laughs> It's only right we do the swap. So, yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, oh, next up, uh, we'll, link to that, maybe there'll be a RevPro Southampton show. Uh, will RevPro improve their production next year regarding new ring Matt sorting out the barrier and guardrail, DL Smiler, uh, my mate David? Look, let's also think about, uh, I don't know, the Labour ca- comparison a little bit more. We've got leadership elections coming up. 
are we going to get a good candidate who's going to be a bit of a pragmatist and is going to look to win elections, or are we going to get someone that looks to keep the party pure? Um, who the fuck knows? <laughs> um, that's the way I'm going to start thinking about Rev Pro from now on. Um, they've not got, you know, the core kind of elements that make a promotion successful on like done well they also need to really think about their marketing shows advertising mm. shows and getting people through the door i think those are the main problems for anything else at the end of the day there is so much content out there how many people if they improve their production values are going to start washing rev pro i think it's thinking about live attendances first of all and yeah. trying to get maybe 200 in for to Southampton. 250 into Sheffield and try there are St. Neots today as well yeah I saw I saw St. Neots that's that's like Cambridge isn't it it is but that's old Southside territory yeah 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 Yeah, I I can't I think they'll try and make improvements in those areas whether it will make much difference I don't know let's see Um, Andrew Sinclair uh, of the uh, Voices of Wrestling thoughts on Bill Legend Don Beach personal favourite of his Fuck me. He wants to know where he sits alongside contemporaries like Tony Stamp and Dave Quinnen. Oh, yeah. Dave <laughs> is my number one. You need to see how excited he is <laughs> during this Oh, question. I skipped a couple of wrestling questions just to get you. Go for it. I listened to a podcast last week with Dave. Uh, Andrew Paul, the actor that played Dave. Absolute legend. So like a top bloke Arsenal fan as well, so you'd be happy. Okay. Big Arsenal fan. There were episodes where he'd wear his Arsenal shirt, actually. <laughs> when him and, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. Polly's she gave him his Arsenal shirt. But I remember that yellow one with Sega as the sponsor. Yeah. Sort of 99, 2000. Yeah, I was going to say, it would yeah, have been, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Beaches up there. The the Beaches back episodes and the run to where they discovered Beaches corruption, which we always knew about, and Jeff Daly was always on to, but no one else was necessarily smart to it. Absolute classic episodes. Yeah, Beach was an absolute legend. And he was great as Johnny Allen when he turned up in EastEnders as well. Good run in <laughs> EastEnders. It was like he was moving territories. Yeah, it was yeah. like he'd done his time in the bill. He'd done his end angle. He got to EastEnders. Was the yeah. bill his sort of glory point and then yeah i mean he got to eastenders had his big feud with phil and grant as well which was fucking awesome when grant came back for his run kind of very much going to uwf at that point isn't it yeah, yeah absolutely it was like he was a like a brody type figure turning up there but at the end of it he put someone over on his way out he <laughs> saw he? the value in putting the mitchells over on his way out and then he <laughs> <off again. laughs> Yeah, Beach is an absolute legend. And he puts people over in the end, sort of like Terry Funk in that regard. That's the way to leave the tariff. People over. Is that Jericho and AEW at the moment? You know he's going to lose that title, but when he does, it's going to be a big moment. You don't want it to be yet. You want to build it up, make it mean something. I appreciate it. (laughs) Exactly. A link to that, actually. uh, John McGee uh, sent us a similar question. He said, can Joe please review PC Dave Quinnan's early career role as Lieutenant O'Dreary in Alan Parker's Bugsy Malone from a media studies point of view? And did Dave's early influence turn Scott Bayo into a Trump fan? I don't understand this question. I assume you know John McGee is. Uh, John McGee, I've got no idea, but I know about Dave Quinn and Bugsy Malone, and I've seen Bugsy Malone, and I'll be honest, I probably saw Bugsy Malone when I was about 11, 10, 11, and when Quinnan turned up, I got very excited. I remember being around my nan's house when it was on, and being like, Dave Quinnan, and I wasn't enjoying Bugsy Malone. But he kept me into it. I like, <coughs> I like to think that before, you know, Jodie Foster came out of the closet, that Dave Quinnan, post-taxi driver, was like, yep. 
And as a young couple, they were, you know, the sort of glamour couple at that point in North London, if anything. So <laughs> go Dave. There you go. Jodie Foster is in Bugsy Malone as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. You ask a question, you get an answer. Um, oh, a question here. I think we kind of know already. Global Force Gold, uh, uh, another uh, friend of the pod who's asked, firstly, who's in the running for best social media guy right now, Progress or AW? I'd say it's a race to the bottom. And he's also asked for thoughts on Channel 5's premier flagship soap, Family Affairs. Did we, did we talk this at the end of last week's show? I think we did. By the way, can I give him a shout out for his wrestling wipe of the year? Oh, it's so great, isn't it? it's fucking brilliant. Yeah, it's like, like he's doing, like it's it's genuinely good stuff. His Trent, the Trent Seven Know Him Dar stuff was mm. was genuinely what is it it's like a charlie brooker kind of wipe of the year but going through it in terms of like little stories that are wrestling, wrong there. Yeah, yeah. Find, from wrestling i have to find it for you to show okay. you in a, in a few minutes um family affairs i never stuck with it i think i gave it like a few episodes at the start and I went yeah this is not connecting with me at all so i I can be aware of its existence. I was surprised it went on for as long as it did, but it just seemed uh, absolute shite. I never saw an episode. I watched like the first few, few just because it was a novelty that we had a, a fifth channel on TV. And I remember there being a story between like the son who was roughly my age, he would have been like 10 or 12. Uh, and he had like a love interest story that I think I was into a little bit. Other than that though, that's it. <laughs> they were a little bit raunchier, weren't they? You know, they, there, was, there was that element to it that made it, you know, it was the channel five soap. Uh, but that's kind of my only memory of it as well. Should have gone like the whole hog and gone full footballers' wives, really, shouldn't it? To bring that back up again. Oh, definitely. Well, that's uh, a shagging. That was a shocking show for the yeah. time. <laughs> sort of thing it'd be on, your mum would be there and it'd be like, yeah. what the hell? Like, it just like, she's nine, she's literally 901 here and it's just like the pair of them cracking on a plane. It was proper softcore on ITV, yeah. was that? Yeah. It was some awkward moments next to my mum watching that, I tell you. <laughs> yes. uh, well, I've now got three questions that are very much linked with each other that I am contract-bound to ask. Firstly, from Matt Dagnall, best wank you've had all year. Secondly, from Grapple Gareth, worst wank you've had all year. And thirdly, from Matt Dagnall, most bang average wank you've had all year. Lads? <laughs> Well, I'm always, uh, generally, they're always brilliant. So it's never me with the problem, <laughs> clearly. Get a bit of, um, uh, no, I can't say it. Uh, <laughs> always, always good. I undertook a voluntary period of celibacy in 2019. So there you go. Wow. That real? <laughs> um, I can't think of any that are like, you know, <gasps> for the most part, they're good. And no memorable ones, JP? Nothing good you've watched or, you know? Oh, it's good stuff no. I've seen, but that's like, yeah, not going to go into that now. What's the best porn you've seen this year? Are you in? T- <laughs> oh, he's not, he's not happy at us. <laughs> he's, he's not. Um, Mum POV. That's it. Joe, who's your favourite porn star? Uh, Paige. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Benno? Uh, see, I'm not going to say the obvious one that I had to censor off the last podcast. Um, <laughs> what's that? Charlotte Sotir or something like that her name is? Goes by Goss Charlotte. Trooper. All, all I'm going to say is... Works from, hard. Works if hard. I was going to top three, I'd go Omar, the old school British porn <laughs> star. And yeah. number three would probably be JB Houlihan. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen the footage though, sadly. No. 
Not Michelle Thorne. Crap <laughs> 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 uh, the top five. <laughs> Would you like me to move on, JP? <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, let's see. Colin Rice, what, who's the best screws? Alistair Sim, Michael Caine or Vince McMahon? I thought you meant like the best... <laughs> Fuck, to be honest. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Is just carrying on down the same sort of path. You can go with best fuck as well. I mean, I don't think Vince would be any good. <laughs> no, you're good, you're good. He'd just be distracted. Um, certainly not the best Scrooge, is it? Um, oh, which of them? I'm going to say Bill Murray in Scrooged. I think he's all. I know that's not. I don't not... think Scrooge is that good, you know. Yeah, I'm not a fan. It's just always on, isn't it? Christmas Day. It's yeah. On. I think it's like. Um, it's my home alone. It's subpar Groundhog Day for me. Mm. Yeah. I don't think Richard Donner's a great director. No, he's never. He's always been sort of workmanlike, hasn't he? Really. I like the Omen. I like Lethal Weapon. Oh, Lethal Weapon's great. Yeah, the rest of his stuff I'm a bit meh. Yeah, but I, I, I have a soft spot for it. Okay. Groundhog Day is a better film, though. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Groundhog Day is up there. Like, I don't. Like I said, don't give tens out, but it's a big nine for me. I could, I could, I could push to a ten on it though. It's a ten for me. I it's, think it's so. In the top ten ever, I think. In terms of plotting and being able to structure a narrative, it's along with Back to the Future. Oh, as like it's dealing with a lot of stuff and it manages to do it. And mm. the performance is yeah. second to none. Yeah. Like mm. I remember the stages and levels he gets through to get yeah. to that kind of point of the end. I watched it on the twenty second of December with my girlfriend's dad. Um and we were both pissing ourselves and we were saying one of the best performances we've ever seen. And I was looking at nominations for that year. Bill Murray was nominated in for nothing that year. Yeah. Because wow. of the comedy of awards ceremonies. Well, it was a comedy, yeah. Yeah, uh, but it's one of the most iconic performances ever, if you ask me. Yeah. yeah. Um, back to a wrestling question. Uh, another Rev Pro question. Uh, David Starr was a strong... This is from Alistair Ipcris. David Starr was a strong contributor. Yeah, he gave me the AAA game. Good ladder. Oh, oh, is that him? There you go. We can finally get to the show. Oh, you did shout him out the week after, the I haven't got round to You've play. not played Wow. First, you forgot Sorry, his name. I feel bad. I got, I've, then I've, you didn't I've play basically it. been playing Death Stranding over Christmas, which Mate, I know means nothing to you. The disrespect you have for our fan base is quite <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> it really isn't. <laughs> I have a point with him. Yeah, you'll get him a pipe, won't you, JP? Well, you've got to answer this question now. Okay, JP, you've got to answer the question now. He's asked, uh, since David Starr left, the quality of RevPro's dropped, but he continues to work in the UK. What's a plausible reason for Starr no longer working with RevPro? Ah, plausible reason. Ah, Joe should have answered this one of of all of us. Do you think he thought it was a good idea? They thought, like, he'd come back fresh? Do you think he wanted a break? I think so. I think it was... um... He's coming back. You'd here. like to think that's the case, wouldn't you? Oh, that it's stupid, just a bit of, Yeah, in, in the benefit of hindsight, it's not helped them in the in the sight. He's like the worst person who could have gone. Worst time. He was kind of yeah, at the worst possible time. I get them the reason them saying, look, this is what we're gonna do. I'd expect to see him back reasonably soon, possibly that February show they do ne- next year. In terms of a plausible reason, I can't think of because he still works the states, you can't say well he's spending more time on the. He still works on, the on UK the... all the time. Exactly, he was in where was he last? He was at Tidal, wasn't he, the other night or something was like he? that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, he was an absolutely really really good match against a young lad. Like kind of doing the kind of match that we complain doesn't exist as much at this point in time, which is young talent up against. He was a guy called Graves. 
up against kind of experienced talent. Corey? <laughs> no. I wish. I just wish he'd fucking stretch Corey Graves. That'd be awesome. Mm. Um, uh, in terms of a plausible reason, um, I, c- I can't think of really one other than just them deciding, look, we need this. For, in order for this to work, we need to take a break. And him coming back at the turn of the year and that being it, really. Mm. He gets signed by New Japan. That's been the rumour that he's getting signed by someone. I thought it was always going to be AEW. Yeah, I think it would if it was anyone. Yeah, yeah that um, He would be... Obviously, him and New Japan would be great and effectively wouldn't affect his kind of independent bookings as well because they tend not to get as involved in that as much. But, mm. um, yeah, it seemed like AEW was the likely place yeah. if it was going to happen anywhere. Okay. And even then, would he... I, I think the whole... The We The Independent movement for him is... It's a much kind of bigger thing that kind of really taps into the kind of passion he has about politics as well. Mm. So it's an element of this is a kind of a passion mixed with his profession as well at the same time, which obviously he's passionate about in the first place. So I, could that be a reason? Maybe. Yeah. It's an odd one. I, I just, I, I think they just thought it was clever booking. They had it planned out for a long time and it's just bit them on the ass because it was just idiocy, really just a stupid thing to do. Like a bad time to, to pull the trigger on a story like that. And just, a yeah. bad, just a, the worst possible way to, not the worst way to do it, but just the worst idea to have at this current point in time for Red Pro. Any, like a year ago, even you know, two years ago, especially you do this story. It's cool. There's other people to carry the load, isn't there? Uh, you can get away with it. It's a good story. You know, you can come back and you can then tell a story with his comeback. But yeah, doing it now just seems really odd. But hopefully we get a, a revitalized start in Rev Pro uh, come January. Um, one last quick then wrestling que- wrestling Rev Pro question because we we are coming towards the end. We've been on for two hours forty four minutes, lads. Uh, so Jesus, we're in our last. Well, I've got a I've, I've I've skipped a couple of questions. We've got to call this the uh, the closing stretch. I'm trying to uh, make sure everyone gets uh, at least one question in. Like last time, um, Tony Quant, uh, top row Tony. Um, of uh, mirror fame and uh, other media fame. What international talent would you book for Rev Pro if you had free reign in the books while we're on the Rev Pro subject? I would have said oh. LA Park and he's here. Yeah, LA Park. Tom Lawler, Which we always I say. won't lie, I'm fascinated to see him there because well, he's got uh, win. we were there for Vader Osprey and Vader was someone who wouldn't play ball backstage. And I tell you what, LA Park does not play fucking ball backstage with anyone. <laughs> So I'm fascinated to see what he'll be involved in. Other international talent? Um, Kota Ibushi. Hold that out there. Mm. If you've got a New Japan relationship, please be more than Sonata. Like, for the love of God, I'd I'd just like just to see Ibushi somewhat more close up would be something I'd be really into. Um, other international talent, can you think? The obvious ones, like the Miyaharas, but then it's all Japan, so are they allowed to mm. look yeah. those guys? So that becomes a question as well. Um, Kenny's Mas- always one. No, I'm, I've no interest in Makabe at all, to be honest with you. I'm thinking more for like cockpit and stuff like that. I think that would be suiting down to the ground. Uh, no, I'm not up for it. I can't, I Just to, to see it, I've not seen him live. I've no interest. New Japan guys never work 
the cop. No, I'm thinking Daniel Maccabi, not Togi. Oh, I thought you meant Togi. <laughs> no. Look, oh, right. Um, yeah. I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> it's I been two hours, 44 like, minutes, everyone. Fuck me, he's keen on well, Togi Maccabi. <laughs> I'd like to see him, sure. I'm not that mad on seeing him. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. That's a, what I want to see... Not even like big names. I just think like interesting stuff to fill out the mid card, like a like an Alex Zane coming over. You know, sure you got the yeah. finger on the pulse a bit, Andy. You know what I mean? Bringing people like that, even like a Tony Deppen or you know, the whole, you know when Joey Janela and Jungle Boy and, and all that were making big waves in GCW, that should have been the time to maybe get guys like that over. I want to see more interesting people. Like I they said, had Janela a few Lola. times on cockpit shows. Did um, they? I don't remember that. Yeah, do you know I did maybe three cockpit shows? I definitely saw him at the cockpit. Was that during um, like his little PCW stay over here? Yeah, yeah. He fa- I remember he faced Ryan Smile on a cockpit show. I'm trying oh, to think of who else? Oh, I think I vaguely remember that then. Maybe we reviewed that. Oh, fuck, I forgot about that. Yeah, he was definitely <laughs> on, a, on a couple. Jesus. Um, Seems wild to think of it, that. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, God, this is the problem. If Nick Gage. If you ask this question, yeah, Nick Gage is an obvious one for me. Like he's oh. a draw for me anywhere at this point. But if you asked this question a year ago, it would have been so easy to answer. But it's become so difficult to answer in a realistic way. Tom Lawler. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the yeah. default, isn't it? That that should that should have happened already. It's got to happen this year. If they bring in LA Park over and they must be working with MLW for that one, and it can't just be because they have the exact same match graphics as MLW sending everybody on Twitter into confusion every time one of those graphics came out. Uh, I honestly think that's part of the story as to why they ended up with LA Park because so many people thought it was a Red Pro graphic. You'd like to hope that maybe that'll lead to Tom as well. And Jacob Fatou. I'd be interested in seeing Jacob Fatou in, in Rev Pro. Um... They're the kind of, I mean, that's it's part of the reason I like MLW. It's just a lot of their guys seem to work in lots of various different places. So, you know, if you can get them in, mm. like they're possibly as interesting as there is for like realistic, available, independent talent in the States. The people we've mentioned, like your Alex Zanes and your Tony Deppins. I've not much interest in seeing Jimmy Lloyd, I'll be honest with you. But <laughs> Come see him in Liverpool, mate, TNT and... Uh... King of the oh, doing one of them? Oh, yeah, they're doing it. He's up against... Who's he up against? Oh, no, he's not Mikey against... Mikey Whiplash. Somebody's against Session Moth Martina. It might be him. Somebody what about is. Masashi Takeda? Jun Kasai? <laughs> no. Or no. people in the deathmatch episode of The Wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> Takeda's not in it, is it? Jun no, Takeda, isn't it? Jun Kasai is. No, no Takeda, isn't it? Oh, oh, Okabayashi. Just because, yeah, seen a few of him this year. Any chance of getting some of that all Japan talent over? Like that that kind of group of four? Mate, we've seen the all Japan talent in F4W. I know, we've seen Miyahara, but uh, Jake Lee, Nomura, Ayagi. Yeah. yeah. Seeing Miyahara there and him not being in the match of the night was odd on a four, on a 4FW show. Well, the Bruisers stole the night. <laughs> they did. They did. The Bruisers stole the night from Kenta Miyahara, and he's very much like in my top five of the year wrestlers. So there you go. Fair enough. Uh, last couple of questions then. Uh, Stephen Louch, uh, fr- friend of the show, sorted us out with the, with the uh, greater... Did he sort us out with the gas in China? No. He couldn't get it. He oh, that's found why it. He, 
Couldn't I get think it uploaded, so. uh, In fairness, in fairness, this is me not being as much on the case about this as well. But there also might be another lead. I would say, Joel, oh. um, I've just seen this because I've been going back through sort of messages. I didn't see there was a possibility of some Gaza in China stuff there as well. So what's this? Another option. Well, I won't speak about it too much until anything comes through, but. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to do a review at this point. Um, but Louch says, since Gaza and China didn't work out, actually, can you each place another 90s player in a unique destination to give their own documentary? Like, if nobody says Maradona in Kirkdale, I'll be shocked. Oh, <laughs> Maradona in Kirkdale. Um, uh, Duncan Ferguson in Jerusalem. <laughs> Gaza Strip was going to be one of mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just... He's got no tolerance for either side in this. He's just <laughs> fucking kicking ass Head and he's not even taking names. Yeah. <laughs> well up for that. Oh. A Duncan Ferguson sort of like on a Ross Kemp's like Duncan Ferguson, the world's most dangerous places. Neville oh. Southall just in the Cotswolds, just hating middle class moronic Tories, basically. Yep. Yes, yeah. I'd love that. Yeah, just watching people going hunting, going clay pigeon shooting, eating, eating mess, and just looking on the disapproving way and just being like, you're a bunch of fucking cunts. You could, do, this, you know, you could do the same, put them in like red states as well in America. That'll work. Oh, yeah. 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 Just big Nev kind of anywhere. Yeah, fun. Um, <laughs> resorted to two Everton players there, Ben. I'm very proud of that. I'm happy with that. Um, Paul Merson in North Korea. I mean, Gaza's won anyway, so it counts. Well, they did Dennis Rodman in North Korea, didn't they? So they did. Yeah, Mercer would be all right. Mercer went to fucking Middlesbrough and experienced it up there. That was he alien did. country to him, wasn't it? He watch that. He played second. there for a couple of years. He would struggle in North Korea, though, Merson. You would struggle in North Korea, mate. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to think I could get by using my wit and charm. All right, <laughs> Kim Jong Un. Yeah, I'd, I'd be yeah. dead within a week, mate. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Getting to the last few. Uh, Peter Hot Hitchcock odds on RevPro building a single. A lot of RevPro questions. Building a single credible domestic heavyweight babyface like Oku for the juniors, or are we doomed to uh, be an NJPW UK? They built Oku. No, talking about heavyweight. heavyweight. Oh, heavyweight. Who would you have? There's like. Did, did you hear? Um, did you listen? I'm sure you didn't listen. But on the um, Tuesday night jaw, like they did. Uh, I did not listen. <laughs> they did. I like, never will. Best breakthrough star in 2019 for Brit Res, and I love Matty, and I love Sam Begley was his co-host on the show. You know who came out on the wash? Shaw Samuels and Rampage Brown, breakout star 2019. Breakout. Yeah. What the fuck? Apparently, he's been, we're seeing them in more places now. Got to question that logic, right? Uh, I, uh, there's a there, you know what? I said, I'll never listen. You've just summed up another reason for me to never listen, yeah. Uh, but that uh, the reason I bring it up is like heavyweights, like that. There, you heavyweights, like who is that? Who could the Pro bring up? Build up uh, a couple Rich. of years ago, I'd have said Dan McGee, but they've done nothing with him. And I'd say and Dan Maloney, but on. he needs to sort out his social media bloody stuff. He's going to be a face. Maloney's got potential. But, but he, he, funny enough, I can't think of anyone else in terms of like who could be a breakthrough heavyweight star for them. It says a lot now when we're talking about like sort of Dan Maloney in those terms. 
Look, look who wrestling appeals to. Look at the tradies. It appeals to the likes of us in the in this day and age. It doesn't appeal to beefcake athletes. They're off doing trying to get on Love Island and probably <laughs> the rest of it, rather than doing geeky, weird wrestling, which is what is for us. Oh, let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of geeky, weird wrestling, Nick Yeoman asks what indie wrestler's gimmick show would be the one to kill the whole concept of WrestleMania for good. I'm going to go with Jimmy Havoc's knife fights or whatever the fuck Jimmy Havoc could do. Uh, that'd kill oh. WrestleMania weekend. I think he's already dead in it, WrestleMania weekend, for those types of shows. That's, uh, yeah, God, a theme show that's um, Jimmy Havoc-based. That might well be it in order to completely kill it off. Um, anyone else? There's so many of them. Mm. They're kind of doing them already. So I can't think of anyone who I'd particularly dislike. It's just the amount of them, isn't it? It's just the, the pure it is overkill. Extensions on the same theme. Yeah, everyone trying to be Joey Janela. It just doesn't yeah. work, does it? It's like going to a film festival and mm. everything there is a slapstick comedy. Yeah. yeah. And you just think, Jesus Christ, change this up. This is driving me mad. <laughs> Um, Alan Cheapshot asks thoughts on Blackpool's Premier League run under Holloway and their following demise. I really enjoy, I enjoyed the uh, the Holloway run. I enjoyed it. Oh, uh, back Same. when Charlie Adam came across as a great football player, not just a fat lad who goes to the uh, Sayers over the road from Anfield all the time and wastes all his money in betting shops. Back then, I thought Charlie Adam was a really good player and I enjoyed the little um, <laughs> Blackpool Premier League run. Yeah, he, um, I enjoyed I went to see Arsenal beat them 5-0 at home. <laughs> Um, a rare moment of glory in the last few years, eh? Oh, well, yeah, he was. He hasn't always been that bad. Um, yeah, they just kind of casually. Gary Taylor Fletcher looked like a pub player. Yeah, they really did. He just looked like a big bloke up front playing against Arsenal, and you know, we we just kind of ripped into them. But when you played him at Bloomfield Road, Jens Lehmann turned up for one game, didn't he? Yes, he did. I remember that. that was and he was better than Almunia. Yeah, I'm, I'm, had been I'm, in the I'm, previous four years. Yeah. As you heard me discuss at length in private. I have, yeah, yeah. Well, we were in League One the season that Blackpool were up. So I was attending League One football and I thoroughly enjoyed Blackpool. Did they win 4 0 on the opening day against like Wigan or someone? Yeah, they? it did, yeah. Nigel Rio Coca, was it? Well, Scored they didn't two. roll over and die. Mm. And that's no, the one thing you, you, like, at least I want from a newly promoted club is don't. And in fairness to a lot of the newly promoted clubs this year, they've not really rolled over and died. They've given teams some games. Like, there's none of them who look. Do you remember a Derby County side a few years back? They were just. The worst. It's like your Swindons of the world who came up to die and then go down again. Yep. Sun. There was a terrible Sunderland side. The one under McCarthy. It might well have been. Yeah. yeah. And then there was a uh, Sheffield Wednesday. I went to. I saw when they got relegated when they had Jill the Builder who used to sing Bob the Builder. Too. Oh yeah, I remember. And uh, Luke Nillish up front, and they were absolute dog shit. <laughs> um. Mike Kilby asks, what's Joe's preferred options for the new Labour leader? Any options, Joe, or are we done on the politics for a day? Um, I, I think JP's as much, if not more, of an authority on this. Personally, I don't want the Corbyn-anointed leader because I think that is kind of scary. Not going to get into power. Yeah, it, at the end of the day, and it puts you in the wilderness for longer. Yeah. And even if Labour don't get back into power in 2024, you need someone to make inroads. I think that I said her name earlier. I like Jess Phillips. I think she speaks to certain communities and certain voters that you've got to win back. 
and has kind of lived experiences that are similar to those voters and might be able to get them on board. I think that she'll get an absolute trash in the press and I think we'll see a lot of kind of um, class-based discrimination and we'll see the press show their worst when it comes to a bit of misogyny there as well, I think. Um, but I think she's got a voice and I think she's interesting. Um, don't necessarily agree with her all the time on policy, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's necessarily about that. And we've got to stop pretending this is a fucking purity contest. Yeah, it's not about voting for the perfect candidate. No, it's not. It's about compromise and it's about a bit of pragmatism as well. Um, So she'd probably be my choice. I like Keir Starmer. I think when you speak to kind of swing voters, he's got that kind of more prime ministerial quality about him that people see. But at the end of the day, he was an ardent Remainer and his constituency is in London and is a safe seat. So I think that might not help him, and it's an easy thing for the press to bash. Mm. So those are my two, but there are, you know, doubts of both of them. I don't want it to be Rebecca Long-Bailey. Um, I certainly don't want Richard Bergen to get the uh, deputy, because... Or um, Clive Lewis. Yeah, Clive Lewis. I don't mind him as a guy. He seems like a good guy, but I think no. Not at all. He's talked bollocks about the campaign, about yes. it's just basically not going far enough. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not reading the environment. It's also not reading the kind of votes they need to attract back. And it's a lot more complex. And this is the unfortunate thing. It's like the good is not the enemy of the perfect. You can have things, but they may not be everything you want, but it's about a much bigger picture. And in this case, it means about people who are going to be perhaps – not you're not 100% in allegiance with and you know what that's fine and if there's one thing this show tends to encourage is the idea of like having a thought and we've had people say to us I think you're wrong about this and it's like that's completely fair enough that's how discourse should work you know where it's a proper conversation about it and it's not just you know bullshit and I think this is the problem is that you know we don't want to close ourselves off to other different points of view and opinions as well looking for some sort of purity contest where somehow centrists are the most evil people on the planet it's like it's a big group of fucking tories here are we just going to ignore them no anyway right have we got onto this again i don't know <laughs> always do uh, i don't know jp our, our mock-up t-shirt that joe mills made does say no zero tories so we need to talk to Will though, so you know we're good people. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think Will is, yeah, Will's a bit of a pragmatist. At the end of the day, isn't he? Let's be honest here. I don't think Will's a full-on Tory. I think he's a he's a man who could vote Tory on his day, but he could be swayed. He can absolutely be swayed. Will claims to be a Lexiteer. There you go. He's a he's, he's a reasonable man. He actually put a question and he asked whether what your favourite item on the mixed grill at Jack's was in Wolverhampton. Maybe that'll uh, turn you around. Oh my god, that mixed grill was like <laughs> so fucking good. Like I don't miss Fight Club Pro, but I miss Jack's and I miss that mixed grill. Those um like fish like they're like fish fritters or something. Oh my god, they were like, they were incredible. I like the ah oh, the the fish was so. Um, so juicy, but also so smooth. Ah, yeah, different level. It's almost making me want to go back to Fight Club Pro. But I realise if I go back to Fight Club Pro, I won't be able to watch wrestling because I'll be distracted watching people drinking Strongbow Dark Fruit, basically. <laughs> um, all right, penultimate question, because we'll let Grapple Gareth take his own, because I think he's got the best question of the day. Chris Elliott, fuck, marry, kill, Naito, Okada, Tanahashi. <laughs> <laughs> Just walk back into this. 
Fucking hell. Because there's a lot of... Fuck, right. I think I'd fuck all of them, if I'm honest. Like, wow. I think I'd kill Naito because I find him quite irritating. I think I'd probably fuck I'd Okada. I'd say Naito because I reckon he'd be filthiest. Uh, but, I, I, yeah. yeah, there is that. But I wouldn't want to kill Okada because I'd want to live with Tanahashi and marry him just to take in that glorious hair every day for the rest of my life. I think he'd take care of you too. I think it depends on what sort of person you are. Because I think marrying a carder would be the way to a moneyed lifestyle. So if you want to be a kept man and you don't want to do a lot and you want him to just go, here you go, take the kids to school, here's the Land Rover, take them to private school each day. I'm off to the Eddie on Arena. Yeah. Then, yeah, I've got know. another match with Sonata. Fucking again, have you? Yeah, I have. <laughs> Christ, yeah. this feud never bloody over. Yeah. Come on, Kaz. You'd marry a carder. And Okada's had it a little bit easy. He had his bit of time where he was fighting himself in TNA. But then Naito is the first one I think kill because in Billy's <laughs> he's the one who I think is the lesser of the three. But then at the same time, Naito's been the journey and he's had to fucking batter himself and cripple himself to go on that journey and believe in himself. So in a way, I'm thinking, would I like to marry Naito and take care of him and nurse him into old age as he sticks to his principles and his goals and achieves ultimately what he wants to achieve on January the 5th this year. <laughs> but then the way Tanahashi is the greatest ever. And what a lifestyle he'd have with Tanahashi. But yeah. he's still mm. fun. He's still good. He, but then would he be the kind of person you want to meet up with and just fuck occasionally? Like nah. a good fuck buddy. Or would he be, would, he, would the sex stay good during a marriage as well? well. So I'm thinking I want to marry his exes don't take breakups well as well, do they? You know what? I'm I'm <laughs> killing a carder. Oh, well, I think you can't you can't fuck a carder because like it'd be forty minutes of the most boring sex of your life, and then twenty minutes of the <laughs> high spots and the big action. Couldn't live Hell with those of a guys. Go home 40. Stretch, oh, I tell you what, but it's getting there, JP. And in his early days, you could get away with it, but now it's like, come on, yeah, I've seen the these first forty be minutes. Nice. <laughs> should be selling his leg. Yeah. <laughs> I'm killing a carder and I'm taking the money and I'm using that money for the better and looking after Naito. I'm going to fuck Tanahashi and take care of Naito during marriage. That's yeah. what I'm doing. <laughs> and okay. he's going to bring on the bacon on uh, the 5th of January this year. <laughs> there we go. Then he can retire in peace with you to look after him. And, and That's a twist that and I what a life predicted. Will, will lead. <laughs> oh, see if anyone didn't expect us to think that one through we took that very seriously really did <laughs> if I was a right in terms of ability it's Tanahashi won a card of 293 <laughs> and you just arrange accordingly <laughs> but I like an under and Naito's an underdog that's been on more of a journey over his years you're just saying you could mould him that's all Joe you know, you Naito's got more of a uh, Leicester spirit about him, let's say. The journeyman footballer. Their autobiography is a lot more interesting than the uh, Ashley Coles of the world, let's just say. You're more of a Perry Groves autobiography. Absolutely. Man. Sold more than Ashley Coles as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, getting on to our last uh, section of question, then Gareth's given us a few in one tweet. So I'll go with one serious wrestling question and one uh, not so wrestling question. Firstly, the wrestling question, who are the most wasted, uh, underutilised wrestlers in NXT and NXT UK? Anyone got a suggestion? Is it everyone? I think it's everyone. I think if you've got a... Devlin, I think, hasn't been used. Devlin should be the top guy there. Travis Banks doesn't exist anymore. Um, They're probably the guys for me. Um, How about you guys? Cassius Ono. Yeah, that's true. Because he's used well there. But why is it there? Exactly. 
why is it there? Why isn't it on NXT proper? And he would have a real story that you could tell with a really interesting character. But I think he went there knowing this was going to happen. Though. Oh, I, he did. Yeah, we could retirement. see it those last few times about how he would move as well outside of the ring and his his knees and the rest of it. Well, he so, went for it in that last year. I almost think he knew he was getting signed at the end yeah. of the year. When you think back about how much he'd give in those matches, it was almost like it was his last hurrah. If anything, yeah. hell of a lot. It was great to see a lot of that close up and personal. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'd say him um, in terms of other NXT talent. Um, Holland Ridge or Ridge Holland. <laughs> Ridge Holland. <laughs> what a waste. Oh, it is, what a waste. It? It's a rugby league. Um, I'll tell you who's a waste, A-Kid. He's yeah, been, I was going to say A-Kid. I mean, imagine where he would be if he was on the indies at the moment. Yep. He, he kind of had lots of like heralded matches, didn't he, where he was the other guy in the match, but he never really had his own little run. Yeah, exactly. I blame that on him, though. I yeah. think he got too excited too young. I went, WWE, whoa, 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 whoa. Whereas he didn't... It shows the lack of, I think, smarts, mm. business-wise, on a lot of these younger wrestlers' well, parts in terms of how they think and how they look at wrestling and they look at the industry and how they look at themselves, possibly, as well. So I, I, I blame that entirely on A-Kid, if anything. This was always going to happen. We could all see it. In an ideal world, you could see the idea. Because remember, James, you bringing up the point about Devlin improving since he's been able to kind of be within sort of NXT and be able to kind of, in terms of the shape that he's in and the way that he's he looks after himself and how he would have improved in in a, so many ways. There's a lot of them who could do with probably the financial reassurance of being able to kind of work and train full time and then go back out in the indies. But we get to that massive age-old question that if it comes up to the point of them being able to leave, would they leave? And I don't think any of us at this stage have any faith in anyone leaving. They're more likely to sign extensions to their contracts at this stage, which means they wrestle and they kind of disappear. So it feels to me that I never watch NXT UK, that most of those people are kind of gone to me because I don't see them anywhere else. I only ever watch progress when there's a show that we're specifically going to be keeping an eye out on this podcast outside of that. And obviously chapter 100, I'm like, I'm not really interested in it and excited by it. They've all kind of disappeared in my eyes. Yeah. It's like Travis Banks. When we started this podcast, we talk about all the time. Yeah. And I watched Travis Banks versus Pete Dunn on NXT last week. And I think it was the first Travis Banks match I'd possibly seen this year. I think I might have seen a couple of progress matches. Mm. But outside of that, I can't remember seeing him at all. And I was like, oh, this is a good match. And it was better than that progress Ali Pally made of it. That was for sure between those two. Mm. Um, and it was a reminder that Travis Banks is a good wrestler. Yeah. But I think he bat the wrong horse. And I think if he stuck with Rev Pro, he would have got New Japan. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah. he got excited again. I know that he was kind of getting on for sort of his early 30s at that point and thought it was the more bankable option. Yeah. It's a shame because we don't see him anymore and he's kind of dead to us as a wrestler. I think in terms of NXT proper, for me, it's only Lorcan, uh, Biff Busick. Mm. I think I've said this on here before. He signed way too early with WWE. He didn't have a hot... He had an indie run, a good indie run. He didn't have a hot, hot indie run. And I think he had more to give on the indies as well. And I think if you put him in New Japan... 
especially in the juniors division, he really adds something and gives you a different dynamic mm. in that division because he brings along a different style um, and a different uh, sort of style of match, if anything, if he's there. So, yeah, for me, he's the big one that's really underused, if anything. And then he resigns Ty- like a fucking there as well. Oh, Tyler so, Bate. Whenever I've seen Tyler Bate this year, I'm like, this guy's one of the best in the world. I've probably seen him six times this year, max, if anything. But yeah. And he's someone I watch every week, I think. Yeah, he should be like um, another man who you could have on this list. Zach Gibson did the tweet this week saying that uh, comparing Tyler Bate to be wrestling's Ronaldo. And I just couldn't help but respond and say, yeah, but Ronaldo never worked in, never played football in League Two. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that's the yep. equivalent of where Tyler Bate is right now. Like, And he should be mixing it up. You know, in a, not you know, there are great wrestlers in NXT UK, but in a world class place, in a place where it matters, uh, in a place where he can be having those great matches and can be getting even better than he, than you know than he was when WWE first signed him. Uh, and he's just he's not out there enough, is he? He doesn't he, he barely registers on cage matches as far as singles matches this year and last. Imagine, imagine if Tyler Bay got a proper New Japan run. Imagine yeah. him in a one best of Super Juniors tournament. Like I, mm. I just think he'd be electric. And I think we'd, we'd see a guy who's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Like, for me, if you're ranking the top three British wrestlers in terms of ability, you go Osprey, Zach, Tyler Bate, for me. Mm. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, but yeah, definitely definitely a huge waste. And yeah, I think you probably say that a lot about a lot of NXT UK guys. But yeah, Gareth asks us that question, but he also asks us, and it's probably the perfect, <laughs> perfect note to go out on. It's a would you rather, and I, I think I know who it's aimed at, uh, would you rather only be able to ride horses for transport or only be able to eat roast dinners for meals? Oh, roast. <laughs> roast. <laughs> like, I, I have a crippling fear of horses. <laughs> that, like, yeah. Like, if I was in, like, I'm a celebrity or something, I had to, like, do something with a horse or, like, <laughs> ride a it's horse. animal farm, mate. A horse. Um, yeah, you'd know. Um, I'm fucked. People aren't eating that night. <laughs> Whereas a roast dinner, I can get through it. A horse and a roast dinner, they're in completely different leagues. Yeah. Like JP's roast dinner on the 5th, you know, might might run up against that horse. <laughs> no. Uh, Have you, some faith. I've seen your previous one with your roasts. And that pasta you cut the other week, mate, was... That was disgraceful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you hear about that, Benno? I did. No. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, it oh, was like... It was imagine rice pudding replaced with pasta. <laughs> it wasn't uh, good. I wasn't proud. JP, I know you can do better. I believe in you. I I can do better, and I will do for the fifth. I'll be working on it. Trust me. You're I'll be thinking about it on the morning of the fourth. I'll be like, right, this one I need to get my shit in action. <laughs> Uh, well, that pretty much brings us to the end of the questions. We did get a, a last bonus one at the end, Joe, uh, from a, a Lucy D. Put in hashtag Ask Rev Joe, did you get the milk at the end? I don't know if you could answer that one. Uh, but I think that's pretty much it. Did you get the milk? No, because I trusted that there would be milk in the fridge. Um, <laughs> and there was milk in the fridge. There were two bottles when I got in. But one of them went out of date on the 26th. <laughs> I poured that down the that down the drain and that was a scottish milk that her parents had brought down so yeah. <laughs> scottish milk but it was it was off, it was okay. off. yeah yeah i had a smell of it 26 two days out of date it was off and there oh, was yeah. a good, good four pointer half half full in there still so good, good job i didn't buy any milk yeah 
There we go. I can't think of a better note to go out on. Uh, is there anything else? No one stuck any more questions to you guys? Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I don't know if we can top the milk, really. I think I'm. I'm. We're we, we, we're done. Surely, I'm quite pissed at this point. <laughs> any questions for Benno? Yeah, that's a point. Any questions for you, Benno? Um, when can we next come to Liverpool? Yeah. Anytime, mate. If you want to come to the TNT Deathmatch Tournament, you're welcome. I can't think you, see you enjoying it. That oh. was the problem there. Um, when is that? That would just be an endurance test for me. It'd be hell. Some, oh, TNT have got another show coming up with some interesting stuff. They've started booking some interesting wrestlers. They've got a, their ear to the, uh, the ground a little bit more with a... With they sign Eminem. David Starr versus Eddie Kingston. That's coming up on a show soon. Eminem? <laughs> I, I, I put my ear to the ground, signed Eminem, each oh. platinum, doing 50 a week. <laughs> Sadly not. But we could do it. We could do the, we'll do the ferry across the Mersey. We'll do another uh, grapple meet. I mean, Ga- Gareth did uh, mention, actually, in his, in his tweet to us, that he's, uh, he's uh, found another classic, uh, Tales from the Dead Zone, with Bret Hart and Corey Feldman. Uh, you did actually want to know when uh, when you guys were coming back up to watch that thing. So we we I remember us talking about this on the show. Mm, so we'll have to do that. Yeah. <clears throat> if Gareth can get rid of the family for a weekend again, <laughs> and I know that's awful because they look like a lovely family. I got to say, they really are. Um, and he wants us to come and pollute his house for a couple of days again. And a lovely house is Grapple headquarters, <laughs> it, and it was great really to be is. at Grapple HQ. I'll be there. I'll be there. And if, you know, the likes of Andy Ogden and Matty Edwards want to join again and Gareth allows them in his house, then, I, yeah, I look I look forward to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. We can do, like, a, I don't know, a reunion and we can uh, do a, a version two of that absolutely terrible podcast uh, that got released on the Graps and Claps feed. So there you go. Could, could, do you reckon we could get away with doing a sort of live podcast from for, for the for the love of wrestling, but only at the hotel bar? I don't know. We might be banned after uh, that story. I told you. It depends on what uh, I want to do. I think we would get properly like done for libel, and Grapple would be closed down. <laughs> Gareth's lovely house, Grapple HQ, might be no more as a result of yeah. us being utter dickheads basically <laughs> definitely so uh yeah it's, so both thanks to gareth and apologies to gareth for this podcast uh thanks to grapple in general thanks to post wrestling for hosting us last week listen to our best of over there of uh and worst of of brit res with a special running from you joe and uh jp you're on that for the entire show as well uh, any other plugs or should we just say goodbye um well i just want to say as well merry christmas and a happy new year and Benno, thank you for all the, the art yes. that you do on this. I'm a lazy bass at the end of the day. I turn up and talk shit every week. I do no work <laughs> in preparation for this other than watch wrestling and make a few notes. I don't edit anything. I don't do anything on this. You do the Lord's bloody work on this. And JP pulls his weight as well. So thank you to JP as well. And thank you for Gareth for hosting us and putting putting the effort in, to be honest, because I make no effort. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you're the and draw, Joe. That's what we rely on you for. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I also like to thank all of the people who write in questions as well. It does actually mean a lot. There's a lot of people who enjoy the show and that it, we get kind of, you know, fun feedback every week. It, it is a nice thing. Um, and if nothing else, we're, we're kind of... I don't know. We like to think we're changing uh, little bits of the the kind of 
you know, what are the more fun stuff of, of British wrestling at points, not just pure shite and just anger and bile as, as other people may seek it to be. Sorry, that sounded like a bit of a rant there at the end. Have oh, a drink, have we? Had a drink and somehow watching Brighton versus Bournemouth, which was a game I didn't realise existed until half past four yeah. this afternoon. Uh, Brighton won two 0 I was watching this in the pub earlier. Um, I was with my mates before the Saints game earlier, and then they all went to the game, and I drove back home. <laughs> um, and this was on, yeah. So they won two 0 just to so say you know. Um, and also, I wanted to say last shout out. Look, this unboxing show, Jim's <laughs> funeral. Yeah. Look. You want us there, don't you? Someone just give JP your ticket or give me your ticket. We've got a ticket. We've got one ticket. Unfortunately, I can't sneak JP in in my jacket because he's a big lad. And <laughs> as much as he wants another Bigger child. Bigger after this Christmas. Boy, yeah. He's not a child. <laughs> um, just sell us a ticket and you'll get a great live review. It will come as a bonus on our Wrestle Kingdom review when you also get a JP Rose review. What better to go with it than the last time me and JP will ever enter the ballroom? If there is no ticket available, me and JP are never entering the ballroom again. Mm. We want to go one last time, don't we, JP? We do. Yeah, just to, say, just to top it off and say a proper goodbye. Yeah. So yeah, reach out to JP on Twitter at JPJP. Follow me at Brenton Richardy. Follow at the Grapple app. But most importantly, yeah, if you've got a ticket, get in touch with JP. <laughs> we'll be back next week with a Wrestle Kingdom review. Back the week after with our top ten matches of the year with a Grapple Gareth uh, joining us on the podcast as well. So you've got all that to look forward to. But yeah, that's it for us for another year. We'll see you again in 2020. Bye. Lovely stuff. <laughs> see ya. <laughs>